0: This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN.
1: NASCAR Racing, next on MRN Radio. It is one of the most picturesque settings in all of America, the Wine country of Northern California, rolling green hills punctuated by the vineyards that have made the Napa Valley near Sonoma, California, world-renowned. This area is also home to the 11-turn Sears Point International Raceway. Driver Jeff Bodine sums up the Sears Point experience very simply. It it is the ultimate road course. Uh, A lot of elevation changes,
2: corners you can't see around. You don't know what's around that corner. Uh,
1: and it, it's just really tough, heartbreaking, acceleration. You need to be able to do everything at Sears Point. NASCAR's Winston Cup Series attacks the road course this afternoon, and MRN Radio is set for live coverage of the Banquet Foods 300 from Sonoma, California.
3: MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goodies Headache
4: Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the South's number one headache powder. Good afternoon, everyone, from Sonoma, California. We're just about set to get underway here very shortly with today's Banquet Frozen Foods 300. And Eli, if there's a favorite of the race, it's certainly Ricky Rudd. He came here, and from the first time that car went onto the course, everybody just was running stopwatches he said hey there's no way he can come right back and pick up where he left off but he has he dusted the field and qualifying to watch him get around here is unreal that's not to say he doesn't have plenty of competition but he'll sure be the man to beat
1: i think one of the real stories on the road course seems to be actually starting a number of years ago the competition between ricky rudd and rusty wallace it started back in 1987 and it literally has been those two drivers on the road course since then. In 87, Wallace won the race at Watkins Glen, and then the last race of the year at Riverside, California. In 88, Wallace won at Riverside, and then Rudd won at Watkins Glen. Last year, Rudd won here at Sears Point, and Wallace won at Watkins Glen. So in the last six road course races, Rusty Wallace has won four times, Rudd has won twice, and those fellas will be contenders here today, and you don't know what's going to happen. Anytime you get on a road course in an unusual setting for the Winston Cup stars. Anything can happen. Remember just one year ago a young driver who is well known here on the west coast could well have surprised everybody. That was young Tommy Kendall from La Canada, California, who nearly won the race at Watkins Glen a season ago in a car fielded by the Hendrick Racing Stables. And again here this weekend, Kendall has shown that he was not just a flash in the pan because he qualified sixth overall, out-qualifying some of the biggest stars in Winston Cup Racing. Three-race activities are taking place right now in front of the pit lane, which leads to one of the crossover bridges and eventually heads towards turn number one on this twisting 11 turn road course at this very moment the pole sitter for this weekend Ricky Rudd being introduced to the fans his bush pole speed at 90.954 miles an hour a brand new track record we'll hear from Ricky shortly but first is a fellow who has really turned a lot of heads again here this weekend Ernie Irvin, the driver of the Kodak film Oldsmobile, qualified second best and standing with him is Jim Phillips from WNPC Radio in Newport, Tennessee
5: Ernie Irvin, does being from Modesto, California make this race a little bit special to you?
0: Well um not as big a crowd here. You know the grandstands aren't real big but got an awful good applause, so um means a lot, you know, um to have this Kodak Films Oldsville on the front row from my home state um means a lot for the team and myself and um hopefully we can bring us a win home here in my home state.
5: This racetrack is very, very difficult and you've not had that much road experience. What have you had to work on the most being out here?
0: Well, you didn't know where i lived i used to, to drive up and down roads like this all the time but um i think i had to work out the most is just being smooth but um we unloaded off the trailer awful fast and uh, i never knew if i was a road racer or not so i just pretend it's not a road course i pretend it's like martinsville real fast straightaways and real tight corners. so um i kind of attack it like that
5: this team has really came together what's really made the biggest difference to you driving this car
0: well you know things have just went awful good right from the start and um I don't know what the biggest difference is, except for we all get along so good. You know, you have to have harmony with the team, and uh, I think we have that right now. We've got a lot of momentum going.
5: That's Ernie Urban. He'll be rolling off second this afternoon.
4: Ernie Urban with a good qualifying position and qualifying so important here. Now, on the pole is Ricky Rudd, and he has completed all the pre-race activity trackside. Dick Brooks from Woodruff, South Carolina, is standing by with Ricky.
6: Hey, Ricky putting the steering wheel back on the car here and getting the thing situated so he can uh, find out and have something to drive with anyway. Ricky, I'll tell you, uh, I guess if you're going to have an opening uh, ceremonies or an opening finish or whatever for a racetrack, last year had to be it. You guys got in a good tight race right at the end. You and Rusty Wallace, I believe it was, and it just uh, really showed the fans what you guys really can do. You're just about as smooth on the road courses as anybody in uh, in NASCAR. Is there a reason for that, Are you practice it, or, or how did it come about?
7: Well, Dick, I don't, I don't really have an answer for it, I guess. I raced go-karts for years on road courses and uh, pretty fast go-karts, 120 mile an hour uh but i guess as a kid you had to be smooth in the go-karts if you didn't you scrub speed off so uh, i guess if anything maybe that has something to do with it but you know i don't think there is a right or a wrong driving style you got rusty wallace is probably the opposite of way the way i drive
6: and uh he gets a job done also so i don't think there is right or wrong if you're back in the field some you don't get all that aggressive but if you got a chance to win the race it seems like in the last few years you've been very very aggressive what do you plan to do in a place like this where you're starting up front well, I'm just going
7: to sort of race the racetrack. I'm not going to get too excited about somebody passes me early on. I'm going to race this track, uh, race the tires. They could be a concern today. So probably uh, just run my pace and about midway point, take another look at it.
6: All right, Barney, uh, Eli, I think uh, there is going to be a little problem. I think they're expecting just a little bit of a problem out of the tires. We'll have to wait till the first caution flag or the first tire change and see how that works out. But these guys are running these tires pretty hard. Yesterday, there were several
4: teams that had blistered a couple of tires on their cars, and they were uh, using some scuffs. In other words, they put a few laps on them and had the sets already scuffed in, and we'll see quite a bit of that today. Let's hear from some more of the drivers and what they think about this road course. Let's go down to Dick Brooks.
6: Well, we've got a kind of a local driver here, a guy from California here, Tommy Kendall. And if there ever was a dark horse in a race, he's got to be the one. I think without a little uh, bumping and shoving last year at Watkins, he wouldn't possibly won the race there, and he can certainly handle a road course. Tommy, this is uh, kind of a new thing for you, bigger cars, uh, but you seem to enjoy it all right.
3: Yeah, a lot of these, you've heard probably a lot about how challenging the course is here at Sears Point. You know, I'm very comfortable on this course, so the only thing I have to come to grips with is, you know, getting used to the extra weight of these Winston Cup cars. But, you know, you mentioned being a dark horse, I feel, you know, the EDS Chevrolet, I've been give us some very very top equipment even though it's not uh as well known as some of, you the know, good chevrolet a very good road race car and so we're just going to try to stay close to the front all day and you know really give it a go at the end like we did at the Glen. the
6: amount of time you've had to race uh you haven't spent a lot of time with these guys you like racing with these guys
3: oh i do you know i have to pinch myself sometimes when i'm out there i you know see ricky Rudd next to me or dale earnhardt richard petty And then I, you know, realized that I'm running right up there with him. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoy this good, clean, hard racing. And, you know, that's what it's all
1: about.
6: Well, I think he doesn't have to take a backseat to anybody at this kind of racetrack. I think he's just uh, about as good as any of them.
1: Exactly so. Even a fellow like Jimmy Bown who is driving D.K. Ulrich's car here this afternoon is a former winner in Winston West competition here at Sears Point. There is a lot of experience on this track for the West Coast regulars. One of the great stories here in 1990 so far has been the consistency shown by Morgan Shepard's racing team. He took over the point lead last weekend at Dover. 11 top 10 finishes in 11 races so far. He's starting in the 8th spot this
5: weekend and Jim Phillips is with Morgan Shepard. Right, Morgan Shepard getting seated in his motorcraft Ford last week. Morgan Shepard was second in the points this week. You're number one. Morgan, is there more pressure on you this week since you're number one? We're still not talking about points. Uh, we're just uh, sticking to our plan and uh, uh, trying to build strength in this team by being consistent and uh, finishing races. Uh, we just happen to be in the point lead. Hey, that's great, ain't it? <laughs> you had an accident the first day of practice here. Did you get the car back the way you wanted it? Yes, uh, we just done a little uh, cosmetic damage. Uh, we bent the sheet metal on the car a little bit, but uh, uh, Motorcraft Thunderbird's running good. We're ready to race. Of course, Morgan Shepard is no stranger to road courses. He won a Bush Grand National race at Road Atlanta and also last year finished the top 10 here and looking for another top 10 finish today, huh, Morgan? Yeah, we're looking uh, for a good run here. Uh, uh, I like the road courses. It's a change of the pace and uh,
4: uh, we're ready to race. That's Morgan Shepherd. Rusty Wallace finished second here last year One of the most exciting finishes we've seen in road racing In a lot of years, he's standing by with Dick Brooks
6: Well, that's true, Rusty has had A, a few uh, confrontations With a few people at a few racetracks, I guess And this is one of them, and it was great for the fans here as, uh, It was a first race held at this racetrack uh, Rusty, does it uh, I, I think I know in my mind But does that make any difference generally uh, You come back to a racetrack like this After a finish you had last year, does it make any difference The way you drive
7: well, you learn a lot. You learn what to do and what not to do and how to guard your position off and how to be ready for the next time that happens. But uh, it was a great race we had here last year. It was a great introduction of NASCAR into the you know, Southern California, Northern California, where we're at. But uh, I think the fans loved it, and I, I know I enjoyed it, and I wish I would have won, but, hey, second place was great.
6: Racing uh, hasn't been all that good for the first few races of the year and then it looked like you guys have pretty well got it together you're back a little bit further here than you than you were the last uh, week or so but uh is car feel all right
7: yeah the car feels real good and uh i just messed up i got too aggressive trying to qualify and uh got got the thing kind of caught in between gears at the top of the hill and uh, i messed up but uh i'm trying to make it up for him today
6: well, it takes a whole team to make this stuff work, and uh, I think he understands that, and the rest of the team does, too, and I bet they're going to be tough the rest of the year.
1: Just moments away from firing the engines here at Sears Point Raceway in California. Quick word from Jeff Bodine, starting 26th as they get set to fire the cars.
5: Well, I guess the question we need to ask Jeff Bodine, he's starting back at 26th position, is, can you win from this position?
1: Oh,
2: yeah, I told you that yesterday. We can win from this position. Now We're going to have to use some good strategy. Uh, just be careful. Uh, don't get in trouble, but If we can use some good pit strategy, maybe only changing two tires when everyone else changes four, just to get some better track position, then get in sync with the the leaders, and then we can race with them. Uh, It's not going to be easy. Maybe I'm making it sound like it's going to be easy. It's going to be tough, but uh, we haven't given up. We're going to try to get to
5: the front. That's Jeff Bodine. He's starting 26 this afternoon. It's going to be a hard afternoon
4: for him. It's hard to make up a lap here, and it's hard to come from back in the field, but it is possible to be done
3: Home and Auto Repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage
2: you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com.
1: Four drivers failed to qualify for today's running of the Banquet Foods 300. Jimmy Means came all the way out west and couldn't crack the field. J.C. Danielson, Mike Hickenbotham and St. James Davis, three West Coast regulars also failing to qualify. Those who are in, there are 44 starters. Jack Sellers of Sacramento, California has the Coca-Cola Quaker State Buick in 44th. 43rd is Butch Gilliland of Anaheim, California, the gear engineering Chevrolet. 42nd is Jimmy Bound of Portland, Oregon, driving DK Ulrich's U.S. Racing Pontiac. 41st is Harry Gant having to use a provisional. He's from Trailersville, North Carolina, the Skull Band at Oldsmobile. In 40th, Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania, the Heinz 57 Pontiac. 39th starter is Ted Kennedy of Fresno, California, the Power Burst Oldsmobile. 38th is Mike Chase of Bakersfield, California, the Fry Miller Trucking Buick. 37th starter is Terry Fisher of Sandy, Oregon, and the Webster Logging Pontiac. 36th is Stan Barrett of Bishop, California, the Ultra Slim Fast Chevrolet. 35th is John Krebs of Roseville, California, the Skull Pontiac. Going 34th is Bill Sedgwick of Van Nuys, California, the Spears Chevrolet. 33rd is Troy Beebe of Modesto, California, the Safe Mart Buick. Richard Petty is qualified the STP Pontiac in third. 42nd. He, of course, of in North Carolina. 31st starter, Bobby Hill of Midland, Texas. That's the Snickers Buick.
4: And in the background, you can hear the cars pulling out of the road course. They'll make two laps before they put them under green. 30th position is Butch Miller of Coopersville, Michigan. He's in the Platters Nuts racing Chevrolet. Bill Smith of Redding, California, the Ross Corporation Chevrolet will be starting 29th. 28th is Herb Hare of Peoria, Illinois, in the Skull Classic Oldsmobile. Starting in 27th position, Dick Trickle of Wisconsin's Rapids, Wisconsin. He's in the Arctic Pod. Potty- 26th, Jeff Bonin of Chemung, New York, in the Budweiser Ford. 25th, Herschel McGriff. He just keeps coming back year after year. He's from Bridal vale, Oregon, in the U.S. Bank, racing Pontiac. 24th, Rob Moroso of Madison, Connecticut, in the Crown Oldsmobile. 23rd, Chad Little of Spokane, Washington, in the Pelco, racing Ford. 22nd, Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin, in the Big Apple Market Chevrolet. 21st, Alan Kowicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin, in the Z-Rex, racing Ford.
1: 20th is Michael Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky, the Country Time Lemonade Pontiac. 19th, Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington, the Purellator Chevrolet. 18th is Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York, the Quaker State Buick. 17th, Sterling Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, the Sunoco Oldsmobile. Hutt Strickland of Calera, Alabama, has the Raybestos Buick, fielded from Bobby Allison's racing operation, a Buick in 16th spot. 15th is Davey Allison of Hueytown, Alabama, the Haviland Ford. In 14th, Rick Wilson out of Bartow, Florida, the Food Lion Dinnerbell Oldsmobile. 13th is Kyle Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, the Peak Pontiac. In 12th, Darrell Waltrip, Franklin, Tennessee, the Tide Chevrolet. And 11th is Rusty Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri, the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac.
4: Quick look at the top ten, Dale Jarrett will start the sitco Ford in 10th position. 9th is Terry Labonte in the Skull Classic Oldsmobile. Morgan Shepard in the Motorcraft Ford will go from 8th. 7th is Kenny Schrader in the Kodiak Chevrolet. 6th is Tommy Kendall. He'll be in the EDS Racing Chevrolet. 5th is Mark Martin in the Folgers Coffee Ford. Fourth is Bill Elliott in the Coors Racing Ford. Starting third, Dale Earnhardt in the GM Goodrich Chevrolet. and the front row we heard from a moment ago, Ernie Irvin in the Kodak Film Oldsmobile, and Ricky Rudd on the pole in the Levi Garrett Chevrolet.
1: The only major development in the garage area this morning, they did affect an engine change on Bill Elliott's Ford. We'll update you on that in just a short while. But right now, we invite you to stay tuned. As from Sears Point Raceway in Sonoma, California, MRN Radio with the Banquet Foods 300 coming up next.
3: NASCAR Today is produced by MRN Radio and sponsored by Goodies Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR.
1: Welcome back to Sears Point. Eli Gold with Barney Hall here at the start-finish line. You've already heard from Dick Brooks and Jim Phillips. They'll be the pit coverage team here this afternoon. This racetrack is a sprawling one, 2.52 miles around. It encompasses 11 turns here in the wine country of Northern California. As the field comes past turn number 11, they will approach the pit area. The pits here are prior to the start-finish line. And then as soon as the cars head across the start-finish line, they make a hard left and begin the climb up the hill towards turn number 2. And positioned up near the turn 2 grandstands from WPEX Radio, in Hampton, Virginia, is Joe Moore.
9: Thanks, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. A beautiful day out here. We're up on top of the hill. We can see practically the entire course from here. That hill you're talking about where the cars come up towards turn two, it's so steep the drivers can barely see over the hoods of the cars. It's just clear blue sky. When they get to the crest of the hill though, all of a sudden, a hard right-hand turn. It takes them downhill. About halfway down to turn three, a little dip where Darrell Walter told us yesterday many times a car will bottom out. Once they get to the bottom of the hill, turn three a hard left-hand turn. Then it's back uphill again, a sweeping turn here they call 3A, which leads back around another downhill trip to Turn 4. That's a tight hairpin turn. A lot of the cars of the Southwest Series race spun out here yesterday. We'll be watching for a lot of action here today. All four back downhill as the cars head down for Turn 5.
4: And as they move out of that Turn 4 area into Turn 5, Fred Armstrong of Portland, Oregon will cover the action there.
9: Thank you, Barney. Good afternoon, everyone. They're going to drop about 100 feet in elevation as they head down to turn number five. That's a right-hand turn. Then it's back up again, just about 20 feet in the air. It's a straightaway between turns five and turn six. This is all in third gear. Now the driver's set up for turn six and they'll come off the accelerator. Turn six, a left-hand, 180-degree downhill turn. They call it the carousel, but it's going to be no circus ride for the drivers today. They scrub off a lot of speed
1: and wear out the tires on that corner. Then they straighten out and head on down the straightaway. The field will then go beneath the Goodyear Bridge onto a bit of a straightaway heading towards turn number 7. Positioned there is Alan Bestwick from Daytona Beach, Florida.
8: Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. Turn 7, that straightaway is actually the runoff area from the NHRA drag strip here at Sears Point. They'll make a flat-out left-hand little kink in the roadway, high gear about 120 miles an hour, and then come down to one of the slowest parts of the course and one of the best parts of the course, a 180-degree right-hand hairpin all the way down to second gear. This is where Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd lugged it out for the win last year at Sears Point.
4: And as they sweep out of that corner, probably the longest straightaway on the course and one of the fastest places on this racetrack is down that back straightaway. Although they're twisting turns there to cover the action for us at turn eight and through that area, from Anaheim, California, Dan Hubbard.
2: Thank you, Barney. Good afternoon, everybody. And turn eight is extremely fast. Part of the S's here at Sears Point International Raceway. And even though it's fast, it's no place to pass. The drivers slide the car from left to right, getting it crossed up many times, but counter-steering to save the automobile. Then they go downhill, set up the car to the right for a proper line through turn nine, which is a left-hand sweeper, and then they move to turn ten.
1: Another visit beneath the bridge. The Winston Cup Series bridge sets up the field for that tight turn number 11. And from War, West Virginia. That's where David Hyatt is located.
10: Thanks, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. The drivers will come off the quickest portion of the racetrack onto a very flat surface into a quick right-hand turn number 10. It's slightly off camber. Now, this is where Derek Cope rolled the Purolator Chevrolet yesterday in Winston Cup practice. He dropped off into the grassy area that's about 20 feet between the racing surface and to the outside retaining wall. They'll then set up for the tight right-hand hairpin turn number 11 for the start-finish line
4: pace car. Picks up speed. They'll go straight ahead as they get ready for the start of the banquet. Food 300. We are under green. They make that hard left turn and head up the hill. On the front row, Ernie Irvin gets shuffled out a little bit and then tucks in single file as they head to the top of the hill in turn one.
9: Ricky Rudd leads the way now as they crest the hill into turn number two. Right behind him, the Ernie Irvin car. Earnhardt looks down to the inside of Irvin. Thinks better of it. Falls back in single file. Bill Elliott fourth in line. Then Mark Martin. One car out of line. Here is a come up to turn three. The Tommy Kimball car. He was alongside Kenny Schrader for a moment, and again in turn four. Kimball goes to work on Schrader, but falls back in line as they go down the hill to turn four. All single file as they come off turn number five. Rudd now opens up a two-carling fleet. Irvin's going to take a peek to the outside. Earnhardt runs third. Now they'll begin to break away from the rest of the field. Back and forth is Bill Elliott.
8: Onto the straightaway up to the second half of the course it's Ricky Rudd leading him up for the first time they come up the hill now up to fourth gear first time, the left hand kink, Rudd has three car lengths over Irvin as they get under braking now, hard to the right, down to second gear, Rudd swinging out wide on the corner, Earnhardt's going to take a look underneath Irvin just for a moment, now falls back in line, single file as they head for the S's.
2: As he has done for the last three days it is Ricky Rudd at the point about a car length in front of Irvin, Irvin seems to enjoy a handling advantage through the S's he's really got that car working well through the left right turn combination, but it is still run by two car lengths as they go into
10: nine. Under the Winston Cup Bridge, Ricky Rudd still your leader. He heads for turn 10, comes right up near the dirt on the outside. Ernie Irvin drops the whole car right off into the dirt, gathers it back up.
1: Earnhardt catches
10: up only by about a car length, and they tighten it up as they head for the hairpin. Earnhardt will look underneath Irvin as they come out of the turn.
1: That's one of the good passing spots here at Sears Point. If you can outbreak a man in turn 11, or outbreak him into turn number 7, you can make a pass payoff. One lap of 74 laps now complete. Rudd is the leader. Irvin is second. They climb the hill out of turn number one. Earnhardt is third. Seven car lanes back to Bill Elliott and then Mark Martin, followed again by Schrader being challenged by Tommy Kendall. Well, what's that battle? Tommy
9: Kendall trying to go to the inside of Schrader. He tried to pass last time here in turn three, but off turn two, he'll go back single file. Front six to eight cars, all single file as they go back to turn four. It's Rudd at the point. Right behind him is Irvin. Earnhardt closes in from third, then about five. Five car lengths back to Bill Elliott in fourth. The top three tighten up a bit as they come down the hill. Ricky Rudd leads. Now he'll break away by about a car length. Irvin sits second, third is Earnhardt. Now Earnhardt begins to drift off the pace a bit. But now Mark Martin begins to make the challenge on Bill Elliott. That's a battle for
8: fourth. Running single file now as the leaders come up onto the straightaway among the front four. Still Martin looking to try and get around Bill Elliott, although he'll run single file up the hill on the straightaway. Then dropping back to the battle for fifth. Schrader holding off Tommy Kendall into the corner under breaking. Kendall looks to the inside. One spot ahead. Martin Mark Martin is going to stick the nose underneath Bill Elliott, and Mark Martin will take advantage of an Elliott wide move in turn number seven to grab fifth.
2: Leaders fly underneath the Goodyear Bridge. It is still Ricky Rudd at the point, and Irvin is aggressively tacking the S's. I don't know if that's a smart strategy. You can really go through tires in a hurry here at Sears Point, but Rudd is able to maintain the lead on his way to turn 10.
10: Rudd has about a three-car length advantage as they come out of turn 10. It's another five-car lengths behind Irvin, back to Dale Earnhardt, and about 10-car lengths now back to Mark Martin, who has taken over that fourth spot from Bill Elliott. They dive low into the hairpin turn.
4: There's a little bit of a gap already opening up between the front three and the rest of the field. Like We saw that at the race here last year. Three or four cars kind of broke away. Single file pretty much around the race course. Rudd is a leader. Riding second is Ernie Urban. Third right now is Earnhardt. Then there's a pretty good gap back to the fourth place car of Mark Martin. In fifth right now is Bill Elliott. Sixth is Kenny Schrader. The battle's for seventh position. That's a good one as they work up the hill into those tight turns and heading for Joe Moore. Tommy
9: Kendall's trying to overtake Kenny Schrader. He's been working him since the first of the race. This time off turn two, Kendall looks to the outside, goes back, though, into single file as they come downhill, back to turn number three. Further back in the field, one car making a move, Sterling Marlin, he jumps to the outside of Hunt Strickland, advances, picking up a spot here in turn number three. Sterling Marlin picks up the 13th position. The leaders are in five. And now Mark Martin begins to break away from Bill Elliott. He's beginning to come up to the lead draft. It's about four car lengths back to Ken Schrader. Tom Kendall now tucks the nose underneath. They'll all go single file. Right behind is Rusty Wallace.
8: Watching things tighten up among the front three now as Irvin tries to close on Rudd and Earnhardt tries to close on Irvin. Rudd pulling away on the straightaway. One car spins on
1: the course right now as the... Cars, remember, here at Sears Point do not always go under caution, but spinning on the racetrack is Chad Little at this juncture, though we remain under green. The leaders work out from underneath the Goodyear Bridge and now attack the Esses near Dan Hubbard.
2: And the leader, Ricky Rudd, is able to screen some ground. And now Ernie Irvin off the pace. Earnhardt attacking Ernie Irvin from behind. Earnhardt able to get the jump. He's looking for second spot. Nose
10: to tail as they come through turn 10 for the second position. Ernie Irvin will be on the high side of this racetrack. Now Earnhardt looks underneath down the short chute. He'll have the inside line as they head for the hairpin, but he'll think better of it. Back off and fall in single file.
4: Bill Sedgwick's car also stalled a moment ago on the course. He has it fired now and apparently is coming on around this racetrack. Leader comes back to the start-finish line. Rudd just having a tremendous day here. Has already opened a big gap on Ernie Irvin, while Irvin has his hands filled with Dale Earnhardt. That's the battle we'll follow around this course because Earnhardt's been able to get within a couple of crawl lengths of him a time or two. Still in fourth is Mark Martin, Martin. Bill Elliott is fifth. Six is Kenny Schrader. Rusty Wallace has worked his way to seventh. They're heading for the top of the hill in turn two.
9: Watching that second place battle as they come by the crippled car of Bill Sedgwick. He's on the side of the racetrack. It's Earnhardt trying to move up on Ernie Irvin. At 3 eight, Earnhardt's car comes up in the air as he hits the curbing on the inside of the racetrack. He falls back in line behind Irvin. It's still Ricky Rudd by four car lengths, then Irvin, and right in line behind him the Dale Earnhardt car. Dale Earnhardt drifts to the outside of the racetrack. Now he looks to the inside. He digs in in turn number five. It's back to single file. Irvin, then one car length, then back to Dale Earnhardt. Now it's about five car lengths back to Mark Martin, followed by Bill Elliott, Ken Trader, and now Rusty Wallace.
8: Still watching the battle for second between Ernie Irvin and Dale Earnhardt. This has allowed Ricky Rudd to get away now by some 15 car lengths as they come up the hill and begin to break for turn number six. Rudd now down to the inside, a smooth line through the corner. Here's Earnhardt, a little bit of dirt tracking as he tries to close the ground on Irvin. Earnhardt gets off the course. Trouble in turn eight. Trouble
2: in turn eight. It is Jack Sellers. Jack Sellers is off the course in turn eight. The course workers are waving the yellow. He is off the course on the hillside embankment, which is to the driver's left. The field starting to slow down. But uh, Jack Sellers looks to be okay. The car is standing still, and he's up on the embankment. I don't think he'll be able to get it restarted.
4: A lot of smoke came out of the car, and caution is coming onto this road course. Caution, first one of the day will be displayed. Jack Sellers came down that back straightaway. We saw a little puff of smoke come out of the car. He went running up that banking. The car jumped up in the air some three or four feet and turned around and slid back down to the edge of the course and has brought us out the caution of the first one of the afternoon here. This- Barney, the- Barney, Barney we've we got Herschel
6: McGriff in the garage here. Herschel, what happened?
0: Well, something just broke in the motor. Uh, I think it's motor. It just locked up. So I just uh, put the clutch in. So we're going to check it out now. But uh, I think that's what it was.
6: Well, I tell you, that's a fellow that's been here many, many, many times. He's been done good and done bad. And uh, this time he's not doing too good. First caution of the day. Again, it came out on lap
4: five. Jack Sellers had a problem up in the turn eight area. Let's go back for a full report there.
6: Any driver will tell
2: you that through the S's, you've got to get the first corner right in order to get the next three correct. That's what happened to Jack Sellers. He blew the entrance. There's tiger's teeth, if you will, cement berms on the inside of these corners. Jack Sellers hit those with his left front tires and the left rear tire. That bounced the car around. He lost control. He spun it around, and the rear end hit the embankment. A course worker is talking to Jack. He seems to be all right, and they are calling for a tow truck to get the vehicle off the hill.
4: So there will be a minute or so before they will be able to move that car, at least another lap under caution.
2: Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in. Four
4: With his own nicotine
5: pouches.
1: Back with you at Sears Point Raceway in Sonoma, California. MRN Radio with live coverage of the Winston Cup Series and the Banquet Boots 74 laps, making up the 300 kilometers today. And don't forget, those of you tuned in across the country, at lap number 37, another right guard halfway challenge. The driver leading in halfway takes home $10,000 and a chance for you at home to win a Pontiac Grand Prix. If you'd like to participate, call 1-900-227. 6600. You must call before the halfway lap. And remember, it is a 90-cent toll call, and you must be at least 18 years old to enter. The Right Guard Halfway Challenge underway here today at Sears Point Raceway. Just under caution for the first time this afternoon. Jack Sellers bringing out the caution through the S's on lap number five. We are currently on the sixth lap of 74 here at Sears Point.
4: Been some good racing thus far. A field strung out single file, with the interval between first, second, third, all the way back through about the top 15, really, as little as a half a car length, and it's just, you have to really pick and choose where you pass on this course. It's not forgiving at all. Every driver we talk to says it's not like Riverside used to be where you had plenty of runoff area. If you got the car off in the dirt, you had time to get it back. You didn't hit anything, but here, if you run off Eli, you're going to bend something in the car, you're going to knock something out from under it. In other words, you're going to spend some time in the pits and maybe even lose a lap. Well, you might
1: knock something over, too, as Mark Martin remembered last year. He uh, caught those tires, and it kind of rolled the automobile. The field coming now down this bit of a back straightaway towards the entrance to the pit lane, but they will also get the indication of one to go this time by, and Dick, it doesn't look as though anybody's going to pit here in the early going.
6: Well, I don't think they will, uh, Eli. I think uh, it's just too hard to make it back up through that traffic, and it'll be a single-file restart, too. It'd be just almost impossible to get back caught back up. Uh, Jack Sellers is sitting here. Jack, what happened? Well, the guys forgot to tell me they put brand-new brake pads on before we went out when they finally started working. They locked up on me, and there I went. Well, I tell you, that can sure happen on these things. They put a little extra brake on these cars for uh, this kind of a road course. Uh, this just—you've uh, heard drivers talk about how tight this course is. It's got long straightaways. Somebody who mentioned earlier—just think of it as Martinsville: long straightaways and tight turns. So they put a little extra brake on these things, and they're probably right. I, it's been a while since I've done that, but they still got to scuff these things in. They put them on; they don't work at all for the first lap or two, and then all of a sudden they really start working. And uh, they got coolers on them to keep the rotors and stuff cool. Also, well, that could possibly happen to a guy that's not familiar with it.
4: Jack Sellers on pit road right now. He may be able to get back in. Only one driver has gone out of the event, and that is Herschel McGriff.
1: At this juncture, we have a chance to remind you about our schedule for next weekend as we head on to Pocono International Raceway for the Miller 500. MRN will be on the air Friday at 5 o'clock Eastern Time with a Bush Pole show, an update on Bush Pole position qualifying. Saturday, next Saturday at 4.30 Eastern Time, a pit road preview. And then one week from today, 12 noon, next Sunday afternoon, the Miller 500 from Pocono International Raceway in Long Pond, Pennsylvania. Those of you heading up to the Poconos are possibly listening in in the area, remember our new TV show This Week in NASCAR will be broadcast from the Holiday Inn in Whitehaven, Pennsylvania, next Thursday evening at 11 o'clock Eastern. So if you're up in that area or possibly uh, one who plans to head to the Poconos, feel free to join us on Thursday night. At this juncture, six laps are complete, working lap number seven. Ricky Rudd is the race leader, ahead of Ernie Irvin. Dale Earnhardt is third, Mark Martin fourth, and Bill Elliott fifth. And Jim Phillips, we had mentioned that there was an engine change on Elliott's Ford this morning, but so far, it looks as though this new power plant's checking in quite well.
5: It sure is that he was one of the cars running really well in practice and has that car dialed in, so we looked for good things from Bill Elliott. There was one car that pitted a minute ago. Jimmy Spencer pitted. He thought he might have had a flat tire. Also had a lot of oil on his windshield, so they cleaned the windshield and went on his, he went on his way. Also, uh, Bill Cedric is in on pit road right now getting some repairs to his car. The hood is up.
1: Continuing a look at the rundown, Rusty Wallace is in sixth, Kenny Schrader seventh, eighth now is Tommy Kendall, Kyle Petty running ninth, and tenth is Terry Labonte, and eleventh is Morgan Shepard, Darrell Waltrip is twelfth, Davey Allison thirteenth, fourteenth is Dale Jarrett, fifteenth belongs to Rick Wilson, sixteenth is Sterling Marlin, with Brett Bodine seventeenth. 18th now being hutch strickland followed by michael waltrip and jeff bodine that's the top 20 as they head towards david hyatt in turn 11 for the restart
10: their single file behind the fourth thunderbird safety car ricky rudd ernie Irvin, dale earnhardt mark martin and bill elliott rounding out the top runners they'll go through the hairpin and get set to take the green flag
4: Elmo Langley brings them down toward the start-finish line. He'll put that thing in full song, try to get out of their way as they cut them loose here at the start-finish line, then make that hard left turn up the hill as he pounds that Ford Thunderbird, comes on down. Ricky Rudd holds them back. Now he punches the throttle, and we're off and running again. Rudd is the leader right behind him. Earnhardt's going to make a move for second place as he tries to get outside of Ernie Urban up the hill. Urban sees him coming, uses up the racetrack, and makes him tuck back in. Mark Martin single file with Bill Elliott back in fourth and fifth as they make turn one and head up the hill to turn Here's
9: Earnhardt on the attack, trying to go to the inside of Ernie Irvin. Won't be able to make the move now, but Elliott tries to make his move. Back for the fourth position, tries to get a spot underneath Mark Martin. He, too, has to go back in line. Here's Tommy Kendall back in the sixth spot. He goes to the outside of Kyle Petty. Kyle comes back in turn four. He tries to retake that position, but all the front five cars go single file back down the hill to turn five. Single file as they come off five, but three cars begin to break away once again. It's Ricky Rudd, Ernie Irvin, and Dale Earnhardt. Now Earnhardt takes the outside line in turn six. He'll go to the way wide on the racetrack as he challenges for the third spot.
8: Trying to get the GM Goodwrench Chevrolet wound up now as they come up through the gearbox on the straightaway heading for turn seven. Meanwhile, up the front, Irvin's going to take a quick peek to the outside of Ricky Rudd. Under braking, Irvin looks to the outside. Now we'll try and duck the Oldsmobile down to the inside. Got to be careful, though. Here comes Earnhardt trying to put a move on Irvin. Earnhardt will fall back in line. Single file to the S's. At the point, it is Ricky
2: Rudd, and Irvin has thrown caution to the winds, particularly here through the S's. Earnhardt able to close the gap in third. Irvin not as smooth as Earnhardt. We have Earnhardt trouble in turn outside. seven.
8: Richard Petty spins around in front of the field. Almost gets tagged by Chad Little. Almost gets tagged by Jimmy Bound. Now Petty gets the car fired back around the other way, but a close call for about six drivers in turn seven.
1: Meanwhile, up front turn here.
2: Eight, Harry Gant has spun the car. Harry Gant is into the hillside. Exactly the same spot where Jack Sellers was. Yellow flags are waving. Gant has got the car refired. The rear end spins. Dust up in the air and Gant is back on the track in the the fans are cheering him on.
4: And as Harry Gant comes back... Trouble out of
2: turn 11. Trouble out of turn 10. Ted Kennedy
10: gets off into the dirt. Off the dirt, he slips back across the racetrack and into the tires that are the cushion on the inside retaining wall just below my position. Turns the car all the way around and faces all the oncoming traffic. Both Richard Petty and Harry Gant, who spun out on up the race
1: course, have already come by Ted Kennedy. Caution is
4: on the Speedway, lad. the second one of the day.
1: It is going to be caution for all three incidents on the racetrack that basically happened at once. Meanwhile, the lead cars have not yet taken the caution. Ricky Rudd leads Ernie Irvin and Dale Earnhardt. Let's pick them up on the course, heading to the yellow. Dale Earnhardt taking a
9: stab to the inside once again, but Irvin will make it single file. Rudd and Irvin now nose to tail. Irvin looks to the outside. Earnhardt packs it together. Three cars running for the lead as they come off turn six.
8: Off the corner, now racing back to the caution. It's going to be Ricky Rudd. Ernie Irvin and Dale Earnhardt. Then about five car lengths back to Mark Martin. They come to the entrance of turn seven. Richard Petty has vacated. The track is clear at this point. Here's Rudd down low. Irvin squealing the tires, trying to get a run at him off the corner, but he won't do it this time as they head to the S's.
2: This is an interesting situation. You've got yellow flags displayed at the S's, but I don't think the drivers are really cutting back on the speed that much at all. The track is clear through the S's. Rudd at the point. Irvin looks to the inside, trying to get a pass on Rudd. Cannot do it this time around. It tucks in beside just. inside right behind during turn nine. Ted Kennedy
10: still sits on the race course as the the field heads toward him. uh, Ricky Rudd will have to dunk to the inside between Ted Kennedy and the debris. He pulls the field behind him and Rusty Wallace gets into some of the debris, runs over a couple of those tires, then taps up into Bill Elliott as they head down for the hairpin, and Ted Kennedy remains sitting on the race course.
4: And Eli, most of those drivers were made well aware by the crew chiefs on the two-way radio that Ted Kennedy's car was in that area. I think that's one reason we didn't see any more passing attempts coming down that back straightaway and heading for turn 11.
1: Exactly, the field was still coming down through the S's, and the race director, David Hooch, was on the NASCAR radio to all of the teams. Everybody monitors the NASCAR radio after as we do here in the booth. And David said, fellas, tell your drivers, there's a car right there in the middle of the racetrack. Let's back them down. Make sure everybody's careful. And they repeated that about two or three times coming down the uh, back straightaway towards turn 11. So when they came upon the Ted Kennedy car, there were no major surprises. But we now are under a full course caution.
4: Well, when things happened here at Sears Point, boy, that last caution came out in a hurry. We had three incidents going on. Richard Petty had problems on the course. Let's get an update there from Alan Bestwick.
1: Well, Richard was coming through
8: turn number seven, which is a tight, slow, 180-degree hairpin. Got a little help from behind, spun the car around, and the width of the track here is such that when you put a car across it sideways, there's no place for everybody else to go. So about four or five cars behind Richard, including Jimmy Bound and a couple others did a good job to avoid hitting him. It was close, but they got around him. A minute later, Richard
4: got the car fired and continued on around. And then about a quarter mile down the track, Harry Gant had problems.
2: Terry Gann had problems at turn eight, which is a left-right-hand turn combination. Terry just went in way too hot, had the wrong line for the corner, realized it, and then locked up the brakes. That brought the rear end around to his right. He spun it around, just barely tapped the hillside, was able to get
6: back underway.
4: And you heard what happened up in turn number 11 there just a moment ago, also when Ted Kennedy spun that car. We're watching the pits right now. Let's go to Dick Brooks.
6: Well, we were expecting uh, just about everybody to pit. In fact, the crew chiefs was out on the head of boards up. They'd all... Uh, signal uh, how many tires is going to change and... Uh... <laughs> Well, they might have wanted to, Dick, but
1: one thing they've also done is gone very quickly back to one to go. The signal being given to the field right now, so they have restacked those tires. That uh, Ted Kennedy knocked a skew, and they have gotten everything cleaned up very, very quickly, so I'm sure that might have affected what the teams have done, and we have only had three and a half laps of green flag racing so far because of the two different cautions that have already taken place, so that might also have affected the different strategies. Well,
6: Harry Gantt and Richard Petty did come in, and they're uh, changing 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 uh, right-side tires on Harry's car as uh, Richard's, I expect, and they're going to uh, try to get those cars back together. They're going to change four tires on them and get those cars back going. They're the ones that spun off up there.
1: Today's broadcast of the Banquet Foods 300 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Sears Point International Raceway to MRN Radio solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited we are working the 10th lap at this juncture with the field having already been given the one to go signal ernie irvin has been really battling right there to try and grab the lead from ricky and at the same time hold off third place runner dale earnhardt i asked ernie how much experience he has on a road course
0: i'd probably say about 10 to 11 races i probably ran on a road course probably uh four or five with this style car the other ones were with camaros so um yeah, I tell you, this Kodak Films Oldsmobile's uh, pretty awesome right now, and um, we lost lots of camshafts yesterday, so uh, changed engine, so we're shaking that down this morning. Uh, see if we can repeat this afternoon.
1: Well, we'll see what happens this afternoon, but Ernie has become a very popular fellow in conversations in the garage area, Barney. You and I were laughing about it yesterday, but everybody is saying, now, boy, I knew that fellow could drive a race car, and some of them at the outset weren't quite sure whether Ernie would be a good driver for their team or not, because he's new, he came out of, to some degree, out of nowhere, as far as those of us in the, in the southeast and the east coast are concerned, and now he's a popular subject of discussion.
4: Yeah, there's not, there's not a car owner or a crew chief in there that hasn't said, I told somebody they should have hired him at the end of last year that he was going to be <laughs> the next Dale Earnhardt. But, uh Hindsight is real easy to see a long, long ways. They're getting ready to go back to green here at Sears Point this afternoon. Absolutely magnificent weather all week long out here in California. Has been very hot. Yesterday was almost up in the high 90 degree and here today it's going to get extremely warm. There's a possibility of some showers. Yesterday afternoon a front was moving down, but this morning the sun, there's not a cloud in the sky, so we're home free in that department as they get ready to go back to green. Ricky Rudd is the leader. Ernie Irvin is second. Earnhardt is third. Fourth is Mark Martin. Rusty Wallace continues to move closer to the front. He has now worked his way up to fifth. Six is Bill Elliott seventh right now a strader, and Kyle Petty's having a good run he's right up there in eighth position
1: the field now is behind the white Ford Thunderbird Elmo Langley is the driver Elmo was bragging a little bit too as he took us around the track the other day you know he finished fifth in his very final road race at Riverside California he said I didn't always uh, have the equipment to do the job on the oval tracks he said I could drive a road course and Elmo is the pace car driver of course on the Winston Cup tour green flag We're back to work, and quickly, it is Ricky Rudd showing the lead. Ernie Irvin second, Earnhardt is third, a good battle shaping up for fourth and fifth spot now.
9: Mark Martin is there trying to hold off a car, moving to the inside of him as they come up turn number two. That car on the inside is the Rusty Wallace machine, tries to get a spot there, but has to fall back in line here in turn three. Further behind them, Kyle Petty with his hands full. He's trying to keep Tommy Kendall at bay. Up front, though, as they go off the corner off turn four, Ernie Irvin is now taking the lead. Rudd has problems. He's off the course. Now he brings it back up to speed. There's damage on the back end of the car, but Ernie Irvin has taken the lead. Ernie Irvin breaks away by a good distance now, about 10 car lengths and it's double file coming off the corner. Now inheriting second is going to be Dale Earnhardt. Third is Rusty Wallace, and Ricky Rudd falls back to the fourth spot.
8: Everybody struggling to clear Rudd's car now through traffic. That holds everybody up, including Dale Earnhardt. That's allowed Ernie Irvin to get away by almost a quarter mile now as he comes into turn number seven. Rudd's car smoking heavily from the right rear. The fender is bent in on the right Rear tire, and there's a wild scramble of cars trying to get around Rudd. Tommy Kendall racing side by side with Bill Elliott in that
6: scramble. That's going to be for fifth. Well, not only, not only does uh, Rudd have a problem, Mark Martin's got a flat tire, but they're going to bring Rudd in see if they can get the tire off it or get the fender off that tire. That was a bit of a
1: shunt between Earnhardt and uh, Ricky Rudd that really got Ricky out of position as he and Dale both went for the same piece of racetrack, and that's what turned out to be a problem. Martin continues to slow as the leaders head towards turn 10. Out of turn 10, your
10: leader is Ernie Irvin. Now taking over the second spot is is uh, Rusty Wallace, and dropping off the pace to head into the pits is Dale Earnhardt, Mark Martin, and Bill Elliott.
4: Earnhardt was trying to work his way up to the field. Now a moment ago, he got some of that sheet metal and tagging with Ricky Rudd, and Earnhardt slows as he comes onto pit road, and he has brought the car in. He may have a problem. Let's go the He has to the damage
5: pits. to the left front of his automobile. They're working on the left front. Also, they're putting on left side tires for Dale Earnhardt. It doesn't seem to be a problem with the chassis. Just sheet metal damage to Dale Earnhardt's car.
4: Almost looked like short track racing all the way around this course up there once it started just down in Fred Armstrong vicinity a moment ago. There was a lot of contact among a lot of cars. It continued all the way up through where Alan Bestrick was as they're in front of Joe Moore right now.
9: Ernie Irvin's got the point. He's headed to turn five. And a long gap between the drivers now. Irvin comes by. Just now coming out of turn five is Rusty Wallace. It's about 20 car length differential between Wallace and Ernie Irvin.
1: Wallace already down into turn six and here comes the rest of the field. Third is Kyle Petty. Meanwhile, they're working still on Ricky Rudd in the pit area.
6: Well, it almost looked like a caution flag here. Hud Strickland just went out. He had to come in at a flat tire. Ricky Rudd was in. Had to work on the right rear of his car quite a bit to get the uh, tire and the fender to separate and uh, changed four tires on it. As Bill Elliott was in at the same time. They changed tires on his car. And uh, (laughs) Terry Labonte was in. They changed uh, four tires on his car. And Mark Martin come in with a flat. They changed all four on his. You would have thought it was a caution flag.
4: So it's going to be a lot of catch-up to do with those drivers that were on pit road just a moment ago. We'll take a break and we'll be back to Sears Point in a moment.
1: It is a lead of just about three seconds now for Ernie Irvin over second place running Rusty Wallace, but it might be Wallace who is the quickest car in the racetrack. He started at 11 then quickly moved up to 6, then fifth. He is now running second and should be heading up towards Fred Armstrong, chasing down the race leader, Ernie Irvin. Rusty Wallace is here at turn 3 now, going downhill to turn 4.
9: He's closing in on Ernie Irvin. Meanwhile, Kyle Petty has a good run going. He's about two seconds behind the Rusty Wallace car. Then Tommy Kendall, Morgan Shepard, Kenny Schrader, Darrell Waltrip and Davey Allison. Boy, Ernie Irvin pushing through the corner really wide that time. Rusty Wallace drawing a beat on him as they head down to turn number six. Kyle Petty with about five car links on Tommy Kendall. Right behind Tommy Kendall is a Morgan Shepard machine. They're all spread out by about five car links.
8: Leaders now up onto the straightaway, headed for turn seven. Ernie Irvin trying to be as smooth as possible under braking now into this corner. Wallace is closing ground a little bit, but not a whole lot each lap. Then it's a long way back to Kyle Petty who's in third. Tommy Kendall quietly moving into fourth now, and he Closing on Kyle Petty under braking now This will be a battle for the third position As Tommy Kendall, the road racer Chases Kyle Petty up off of seven and down towards the S's
2: What an opportunity for Ernie Irvin He wants to prove it We job. have trouble, trouble
8: on the straightaway One car off the course Driving, crashing into the outside barrier Just slightly with the front end It's the Winston West driver, Troy Beebe He's nudged it into the tire wall Right at the exit of the carousel Now gets it fired up and headed back around the other way
1: So we continue under green here, and again, we will mention, for those of you who might just be tuning in and might be unfamiliar with road racing, you can have a caution in a certain turn of a road course without having the caution out on the entire two-and-a-half-mile layout, so that's something you will oftentimes hear us referring to, that there might be a caution in turn seven or turn nine when there is not necessarily a caution all the way around the racetrack. We are on the 16th lap of 74. 74 laps make up the 300 kilometers here this afternoon. The lead car is heading up to Joe Moore. Ernie Irvin leads the way just off turn three, down the short hill through 3A and over to four. Still
9: about two seconds separating him from second place, Rusty Wallace. Then it must be about four seconds back to Kyle Petty. He runs all alone. Another half second back to Tommy Kendall then to Morgan Shepherd. Ernie Irvin's lead begins to erode as he exits turn five. Rusty Wallace just a couple seconds behind. Now Wallace already entering turn six. Here comes the field out of turn five. It's Kyle Petty, but right behind is a charging Tommy Kendall, then Morgan Shepard, then Ken Schrader with... A couple of cars following him with a three-car draft as they hit the turn six.
8: That'll be the battle for the sixth place on back, and right now, that's a pretty hot one. Darrell Waltrip involved in that tangle as they come up onto the straightaway now and begin to climb through the gearbox. Ken Schrader leading that group. He'll be in the fifth position. Make that the sixth position. Waltrip right on his tail in seventh. Then maybe Allison on Waltrip's tail. That'll be the eighth spot. Waltrip will take a look to the outside as they come through turn number seven. Fall back in line, single file behind Schrader now as they head to the S's.
2: Perhaps the opening excitement is to be beginning to calm down now, the drivers establishing their rhythm, learning the course, Schrader goes through the S's very smoothly, Waltrip right behind, gets a couple of tires off the course, well Waltrip is still pushing very hard, Allison right behind if they fly through turn nine. Still right on the deck lid of Kenny Schrader is Daryl
10: Waltrip, they come out of turn ten right up to the dirt area, Waltrip will try to take a look inside, he'll think better of it, drop back in single file, they, they'll come out of the fourth gear, down to second to drop into that hairpin turn, and they're down the short chute to the front straightaway.
4: And while all that scrambling is going on back there Ernie Urban looks in the mirror and if he his crew is telling him, Rusty Wallace is picking him up about a tenth of a second he's picked up about two tenths of a second on him in the last three laps around the course so Ernie. Wallace is closing but very slow go ahead Dick.
6: Ernie, Ernie Urban is getting around the racetrack, Tony Glover is talking to him here Tony, Tony's the crew chief on the car uh, is Ernie saying the car is doing Okay uh, he hadn't said nothing
5: since the race started. Sounds like he told me that everything was
6: going fine. Are y'all telling him that uh, what's going on, or his spotter's telling him that uh, where he's good or bad?
0: Yeah, his dad fixed spots for him, and he's telling him what corners that he's good in and what corners he's bad in. He must be telling him the right stuff
6: because he's uh, certainly got it running pretty good. Mike Bean, uh, the crew chief on uh, Bill Elliott's car, sitting up here. Mike, what happened while I go ahead? Come you had to pit? We had a flat left left front was flat. Whenever he, he come out seven up race, I think he got a flat tire.
7: So I heard him say, well, "Mark has flat, so we'll follow him." I know he's coming.
6: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, from the Elliott pool.
4: A couple of cars out there running with some sheet metal damage would be Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt from an incident a little bit earlier this afternoon. And the only thing they're going to have to do is play catch up to get back up the front of the pack. Of course, the cars seem to be working all right. Here comes the leader heading back down to turn number eleven.
10: Ernie Irvin now will drop to the inside of turn 10. He'll slip right up to the grassy area. Keeps it right on the yellow line, right behind him about two seconds now is Rusty Wallace slowly, very slowly, closing in on Ernie Irvin. They're both into the hairpin and down by the pit road straight away.
1: Two drivers are out for the afternoon. Herschel McGriff with the engine problem he told us about and Ted Kennedy, the West Coast driver, has retired his machine. It is still a three-second lead for Ernie Irvin over Rusty Wallace, but one of the battles everyone's watching on the racetrack now is coming through turn number 11 as Sterling Marlin is nose to tail with Alan Kulwicki and Dale Jarrett. They are running for ninth, 10th, and 11th position. That battle comes past the pit area, underneath the Winston Cup series bridge, and they put lap number 18 on the board, and that's a good battle now as Marlon tries to pull away from Kowicki, and Allen tries to close uphill towards turn number 2. Marlon shows he knows his skill well here, working the road course. We watched that battle the last lap here through
9: this end of the speedway. Marlon has bypassed the Dale Jarrett car, picking up some ground on him. Again, this is the ninth position. Trouble on the course
4: the coming into turn number 1. It appears that it one car has gone up the banking. It is Rob Moroso's car. The car g- looked like it got tapped a little bit by another machine as he made that hard left-hand turn and the car went up the bank way off the course and is some 50 to 60 feet out in the grass right now.
1: That car has gone a long way, Barney. Like you say, 50 or 60 feet. They're going to put the caution out if for no other reason than to help the uh, crews get to Rob Moroso's car. Now, at this point, the leaders do not have the caution, but Ernvin comes through the S's, and he will make it towards the start-finish line with no problem. But Moroso's car went off the road. He went uphill over a a hill of sorts. Looks like, I don't know what kind of high grass they have there, but he is a good 50 or 60 feet off the course, heading up towards some of the... uh, runoff areas or whatever you might want to call it. It's someplace that uh, no human has ever treaded here. I have, I have a feeling he is way off the course.
4: Well, it's a good, good thing that he did go off there because the banking is very high. That knocked a lot of speed off the car as he climbed a hill perhaps some 60 or 70 feet high. The car has come to rest. The safety crews, the course workers are there. We have not yet seen Rob come out of the car but apparently he will be all right. At least uh, it didn't hit anything. The car just went up the banking and ended up in the grass. Let's check in with Fred Armstrong.
9: Well, Rob Moroso is still trackside now, and the crew's coming to work on that car. Moroso has not emerged from it yet, and a whole bunch of spectators now leaning over the top, and that is one of the spectator areas, one of the big general admission areas there in the grassy area, just above turn number one. Everybody kind of doing some neck straining down there to see what's going on. Still the
1: car sitting on the outside of turn one. Now, we should establish so that there are no people in that area near one of the uh, viewing areas, but it is a good, uh, looks, I would say, from our vantage point, a good uh, 60 or 70 yards from the nearest spectator. So they are craning their necks to see from their viewing area behind a fence. But the car is nowhere near any of the paying customers. Some of the uh, trackside workers, they use the SCCA, the Sports Car Club of America track workers from the San Francisco region. They are already there tending to the Crown Petroleum car for Rob Morosho. And we are under caution for the third time this afternoon on lap number 18. Ernie Irvin had pulled out to a three second lead over second place. Steve Wallace.
4: Richard Petty's been nursing a tire that's being cut by some sheet metal all the way around this course trying to get back to the pit area. Now, we will establish that Rob Moroso is out of the car. The safety crews were there immediately as soon as he took that long 60- or 70-foot ride up that bank, and the car really went out in the boondocks, so to speak. But Moroso is out of the car, no problems at all. He walked away briskly and will be heading back to the garage area, and, but he is out for the moment. Let's go to the pit road.
6: Well, Ernie Irvin just, just come in. They're going to change uh, four tires on his car, as they will with, uh, uh, well, I think everybody. Rusty Wallace is in. They've got they've the right side done on his. And one thing that's really, really going to be a help to these guys, uh, to Rudd's car, to Bill Elliott's car, to uh, everybody that had to come in a little bit earlier, Mark Martin, is it's going to let these guys catch back up. They're going to get back into the hunt now, even though they're going to be a long, long ways back uh, on a single-file restart. But it's sure a big help for
1: It's a break for Harry Gantt. Also, remember, he had pitted back on lap number 11, and he is now the third car in line behind Elmo Langley, who's driving the pace car. So a break here for Harry Gantt. Richard Petty, spun. 10, Richard Petty
10: has uh, Richard Petty has cut down the r- right rear tire. He is sitting crossways just at the exit of turn 10. All of that happening under yellow. He, we were seeing some smoke out of that SDP Pontiac out of the front area around the tires. But now the right rear tire is cut down, and he just went around about twice coming out of turn 10 and is sitting crossways uh, at the exit of turn 10 into this short shoot before the entrance of pit road.
4: He has shredded that left rear tire. We saw a lot of smoke all the way around. He had to go all the way around the course, and apparently it just cut the rubber right off the tire. He's right down on the wheel, so he's going to have to get onto pit road. We're working caution out of the pits. Rusty Wallace came back on the track first ahead of Ernie Irvin and Kyle Petty.
1: The field is coming through turn number 11 as they approach the start-finish line area. Richard Petty's STP Pontiac has just been put on the wrecker and taken towards the pit area. Mike Chase is the race leader. Butch Miller second, Harry Gant third. Terry Fisher is fourth, and Rusty Wallace is fifth by virtue of the fact that Chase and Miller and Harry Gant elected not to make a pit stop here, nor did Terry Fisher. Of those who did pit, though, Rusty Wallace does lead. Ernie Irvin is next in line. Then Kyle Petty, the only car on the racetrack at this moment running that is a lap down, is Bill Sedgwick in a blue and white machine. The former Winston West Series Rookie of the Year. Don't forget, as we approach halfway here in just about 16 laps, the right guard halfway challenge is in effect here today, and all you've got to do to be uh, among those eligible to win a Pontiac Grand Prix is call one nine hundred two two six sixty six hundred, 226 6600 and you must call before the halfway lap. The call costs you 90 cents, and you must be at least 18 years of age to enter. But if you call and enter right now, and should the computer call you and can you identify who's leading it halfway? Well, you would win for yourself a Pontiac Grand Prix along with the driver who leads the event taking home ten thousand dollars at the halfway point and jd grinnell is joining us here from uh, right guard we were just sitting here talking as you snuck in behind us about uh, the right guard halfway challenge and this is something i mean drivers have gone to the point now of of altering their pit stop strategy to make sure they're out there and try and stretch their fuel for halfway and ten thousand bucks it's been a, a popular promotion
10: it has been a lot of fun for us eli and uh, as you say the drivers are uh, doing whatever they have to do to win and We like to also make it possible for consumers to win. Uh, Very exciting. Already this year, we've done the Right Guard Halfway
1: Challenge at eight races, and we've had eight winners of a Pontiac Grand Prix. Exactly so. Even if you are called and you don't know who is leading at halfway, there's still a pretty substantial cash reward just for participating and being uh, the lucky caller. This obviously was a good promotion because we all remember when uh, the Right Guard Halfway Challenge was born, and and through its infancy, it was not nearly on the scope of numbers of races nor participating fans across the country that you're seeing today.
10: Well, we'd like to uh, expand the program as we can every year. Uh, we're up to 14 races this year, mm-hmm. uh, having uh, fans call us from 50 states and Canada. So we're just having a
1: whole lot of fun,
10: and we know race fans
1: are too. Well, it's great to see you here today and anywhere along the Winston Cup Tour. Always come by and say hello. We're about set to go back to grain, so let's all enjoy the rest of this one. But uh, thanks for your participation with Right Guard. Thank you, Eli. J.D. Hey. Grinnell joining us here. Eli,
6: yes, have got Dr. Rob Moroso here. He's uh, got
1: quite a story. What happened up there?
7: Well, I was going under the bridge here on the front stretch, going into turn one, about the fastest part on the racetrack, and I blew a right rear tire. I spun for a long way up the, up the hill, and then I went off the grass, onto the grass, and up a big steep hill. It's got to be 45 degrees and 50 feet
6: high, and now my car's still sitting up there, and I don't know when we're going to get it back. You had to bring me up here and show me. He said, see it up there? You can see the top of it, and it is. It's sitting in the weeds. Yeah, it's so high up, you can see it from down
7: here in the pits, and the, The Crown Oldsmobile was just running real well and it's a shame that happened. All right. Well, good luck to you next
5: time.
4: Bob Moroso is out of it, but there's a lot of drivers that aren't as we go back to green flag racing. Young Mike Chase from Bakersfield, California, takes him up the hill. He is the leader. Butch Miller rides the number two position in that planter's nuts car. He's had a good run here. He likes his course. Let's see how long he can stay up there. They make that hard turn and head up to the top of the hill in front of Joe Moore.
9: Miller goes to work on Mike Chase here in turn number three. He's on the outside. Miller is. Tries to advance, but quickly has to fall back in line. Behind them now, Rusty Wallace is taken over third. Ernie Irvin has moved up. Up to fourth, Harry Gant has fifth, now moving up into the sixth spot to Kyle they Their single file off turn four, heading to turn number five. Butch Miller running down Mike Chase as they climb down the hill. Chase will maintain the lead as they come through turn number five, but it's a charging Rusty Wallace and Ernie Irvin close behind. Back in the fourth spot is Harry Gant.
8: The Winston West competitors with their moment in the sun as Mike Chase leads the field now out of the carousel corner and onto the straightaway. Shifting gears now up the hill and heading towards turn number seven. Tracking Chase now as they get under braking is Butch Miller, then Rusty Wallace and Ernie Irvin. Wallace is going to look briefly to the outside. Now Miller locks up the brakes. Wallace will look to the inside for a second, but Miller shuts the door on him. They'll fall back in line single file to the S's.
2: What a thrill for Mike Chase to lead this prestigious Winston Cup field. He goes through the S's the left-right turn combination. Miller right behind. Wallace putting the pressure on from the third spot. Wallace gets a little loose on the front end. That allows Ernie Irvin to close up from fourth position. They're flying underneath the Winston Bridge to turn 10. Up in the front, Mike Chase will lead the field up through turn
10: 10. Butch Miller and Rusty Wallace will take a look to the inside. But it's going to be Rusty's ball game as they head down to the hairpin. Now Butch Miller will make his bid. He gets crossed up, slides through the hairpin. That... Crunches everyone up behind him. Butch Miller loses three spots, and now Rusty Wallace is your second place car.
1: But it's still Mike Chase of Bakersfield, California, in the season-opening event here on the West Coast, the Spears 400 at the Bakersfield or Bakersfield Speedway. Chase finished in 20th position, completing 200 of the 400 laps. So this is truly his moment in the sun. Mike Chase of Bakersfield, California, has the lead in this event. We thought Butch Miller might be able to make the grab for a second a short while ago and go to the lead. It didn't quite work out that way, and now everybody is closed in on Chase, heading towards Allen Bestwick.
8: Rusty Wallace to the inside, the front end squirrely as he stops on the brake pedal, but he'll get the lead now. Through turn number seven, Kyle Petty, now in second, squeezes to the inside of Chase. They bump together, and they drag race out of
2: the S's for second. Rusty Wallace is now the fastest car on the course, but he- he is really walking a tightrope through the S. slides it wide to the right. Wallace catches the car, countersteers, and takes it through the S's. And now Kyle Petty is challenging Chase for second spot as they go underneath the Winston Bridge. That's
10: where the battle is. Kyle Petty will look to the inside as they head for turn 10. Rusty Wallace takes it up near the dirt. And then Kyle Petty looks to the inside now of Mike Chase as they head for the hairpin. Those two cars are door-to-door. Kyle Petty has the inside line. He'll take over the second spot. Morgan Shepard will also try to look inside Mike Chase.
4: Shepard won't be able to make the move coming out of turn number 11 as he hit this long straightaway. Wallace is really manhandles a race car on this course, but it works. As you heard a couple of drivers say in our opening of the show this afternoon, some drivers think it takes a real smooth driver, but Wallace is just a contrast to that. He makes good lap time just throwing that car all over the road court. Seeing some good road racing here in Sonoma, California this afternoon at Sears Point, and thus far... They are really getting around here single file. The battle will be for the lead here very shortly. Rusty Wallace currently is hanging on to it, but he's going to have plenty of company up there as some other cars are moving up tighter and tighter each lap around.
1: Welcome back to Sears Point Raceway, Sonoma, California. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall as the MRN Radio crew is on hand for coverage of the Banquet Foods 300. Our pit coverage today from Dick Brooks and Jim Phillips. Out on the turns, you're hearing from Joe Moore, Fred Armstrong, Alan Bestwick, Dan Hubbard, and David Hyatt. Our engineers are Harry Howard and Clay Stalker, who celebrated a birthday here yesterday. Big old birthday cake arrived. but We'll tell you more about that in a moment, but Brett Bodine has just spun off the course. Oh,
8: a lot of agricultural racing is now. Rick Wilson goes around, Michael Waltrip goes around, all triggered by Brett Bodine, looping it to the inside of turn number seven, the car that won the race last year sitting stalled right now off the end of the course. He was coming into the corner. Looks like he might have got a little help around from the back end as he was under braking and a whole field of cars came in behind him. Brett kicked up a bunch of dust when he cut through the dirt. Nobody could see where they were going, but everybody's pulled away now okay.
4: This course will stay under green as they work on around here, but a scary moment up there in that corner as traffic had to go outside, inside, just take any kind of evasive action they could to keep from getting a piece of Brett Bodine. Meanwhile, as they work around this course again, cars that were running back in the pack and making some of those pit stops a moment ago, now trying to work their way back to the front. Harry Gadd is still running good. And a break a moment ago for Jeff Bodine. He started all the way back in 26th position just by using good pit strategy and paying attention to pit positions and everything else here. They have worked their way back toward the front of the pack. They should be up near Joe Moore.
9: Well, Jeff Bodine now getting the work from Tommy Kendall as they come off the corner. They'll come down the hill and head into turn number five. Bodine and Kendall nose to tail. Bodine begins to move away from Kendall, but now Kendall comes back. They'll start the 180 degree downhill left-hander. Kendall nose to tail with Bodine. That's a great battle as it heads onto the straightaway.
8: They're now flashing out from the carousel, turn and onto the straightaway as leader Rusty Wallace takes it into the carousel, into the turn number seven rather. Kyle Petty is second. There's a pass for third now at turn seven. Morgan Shepard swings out way wide. Ernie Irving Will take third. Then Shepard is fourth. The battle for fifth now coming off of seven between Bodine and Kendall.
2: They are side by side through the S's. Bodine has the advantage. Bodine, no stranger to road racing, being from the Watkins Glen area. He's able to maintain about a car-length lead just in front of Tommy Pendle as they go downhill now through the gears and to the left-hand sweeper, turn nine. Meantime, up in the front, Rusty Wallace catches Richard Petty to put him another
10: lap in her rears. Then Kyle Petty is in second spot. He'll look to the high side of his dad in the hairpin.
1: Richard is now three laps down. The quickest lap of the day so far has been turned in by Ricky Rudd, so he is leading the Holly Farms Chicken Lickety Split Award. The very first lap of the day, 89.642 miles an hour. As Wallace leads, they're still working on Brett Bodine's car on the pit lane. Let's go there. Well, they got
6: the hood up on a car that's been some damage in the front of it. Larry McReynolds and the crew is uh, underneath both ends, actually. Working on the front and the back. We'll find out what happened. They look like they're having a brake problem, so they... uh, Probably working on the brakes here a little bit. I'll get a, get a report in a minute. Rusty Wallace has an advantage right now over Kyle Petty of 1 and 2 tenths
4: seconds. So the interval there is getting very tight. They should be up near Fred Armstrong.
9: Wallace and Petty down the straightaway down the hill, and they'll make the left-hand turn. Now Kyle Petty comes off the pace again. Rusty Wallace manages to open it up to about five car lengths. Ernie Irvin sits back in the third spot. Fourth is Morgan Shepherd
8: those cars have separated themselves now from most of the traffic by a pretty good distance your front six cars getting spread out now as they accelerate up the straightaway and head to the hairpin watching from seventh place on back that's where the real traffic and the real tight racing is going on darrell waltrip in that group Davey allison is there all this trailing just behind jeff bodine and dale earnhardt who's now worked his way all the way back up to the fifth spot
9: trouble at Rick- turn four mike chase has spun his car right in the middle of traffic everyone was able to get by the caution was out momentarily
1: chase has Now refired the car and driven on. So again, caution was out in that area of the racetrack alone while the rest of the course remains green. The lead machines come beneath the Winston Cup Series Bridge and head towards turn number 11. They will complete the 27th lap here as the race is still being battled for and a good one between Rusty Wallace about a second ahead of the Peak Pontiac for driver Kyle Petty.
4: And they continue to chase Rusty Wallace. We've had a little bit of action here all over the course this afternoon. If you want to go to turns 1 and 2 or 4 and 5 or 6 or 7 or 8 and 9 and 11. There's been dust flying up all around this course, but right now, Wallace is the leader.
1: We are at Sears Point Raceway in Sonoma, California, with the race leader being Rusty Wallace, about a second and a half ahead of Kyle Petty, who's running in second. It was a close call about a couple minutes or so ago for Jimmy Spencer. He had spun off the course and then backed off one of the dirt berms to get going again and did so almost directly in front of Rusty Wallace. And Wallace manhandled his machine around to make sure he didn't... uh, make any extra contact with Jimmy Spencer, but when things happen here, it happens so very quickly, and there's very little racetrack to work with. It used to be one of the luxuries of Riverside. If you get off that racetrack, you could spin through the Southern California desert and go a while and not hit a thing, except maybe some more dirt. Here, uh, as Rob Moroso found, if you get off this course, you're heading up into the Thule's in a hurry.
9: It is Eli, not- one car that is off the course now, the Dave Marcus, Big Apple Market Machine. He just rolled down the hill after coming off turn two, lost power, and the car has come to a at the foot of the hill at turn number three, the same spot where Bill Sedgwick's car had problems earlier today.
4: Dale Earnhardt was talking about this course and how bad it would tear up a race car if you get off and whatever, and he came up with another phrase to kind of describe road racing here at Sears Point.
0: Swerving and curving and uh, shifting and braking and aiming the car in the right direction.
6: You come out of one turn and you're already setting up for the next, so you're quite busy all the time. You're never uh, looking at the crowd or anything like that. You're you're getting ready to set up for the next corner, or the next shift, or the next breaking uh, you're doing for the next corner. So, you know, you stay busy every lap here, and you work hard for the 74 laps we're going to run here. And
4: Earnhardt's working hard right now. He's running along with Morgan Shepard. Shepard has a little sheet metal damage on the car, but he's up at the front of the pack right ahead of Earnhardt.
1: And just ahead of those cars is Tommy Kendall. So that's the battle for fourth, fifth, and sixth as they crush the hill. At turn number four, Tommy Kendall has the
9: fourth position right behind him is Morgan Shepherd. Earnhardt's trying to make a move down to the inside of Morgan Shepherd. They're downhill, headed for turn five. Earnhardt stays to the inside. He'll try to make it side by side as they come through turn five. Now single file. Now Shepard way wide. He blocks Earnhardt on the outside of the racetrack. Now through the carousel turn, Earnhardt tries it again, and they're side-by-side as they come off the corner. We have
1: got caution on the speedway for the Dave Marcus machine. The leaders have not yet taken the caution, so they'll run back to the start-finish line, but we are under the yellow. Let's pick up the leaders.
8: Rusty Wallace headed off of turn seven now. Kyle Petty slows when he sees the caution. Jimmy Spencer will try and get a lap back now as they head down the hill.
2: Wallace is through the S's, left to the right. Wallace is really loose through this portion of the course, but he's able to maintain about a 10-car length lead over Kyle Petty. Ernie Irvin in third and fourth is Tommy Kendall all by himself, and Earnhardt has gotten around Morgan Shepard.
10: Now under the bridge and into turn 10, Rusty Wallace brings the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac right down the short chute to the hairpin. Jimmy Spencer is the car right behind him, but again, he is, not, he is one of the lap cars, and he's followed by the second-place car of Kyle Petty and then Ernie
1: Irvin. So the field coming to the stripe to accept the caution flag from Doyle Ford. The leader, the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac for Rusty Wallace. Second spot belongs to Kyle Petty. Third place will be Ernie Irvin. Holding on to the fourth spot is Tommy Kendall. Dale Earnhardt gets around Morgan Shepard. So Earnhardt is now fifth. Morgan Shepard is sixth. Jeff Bodine is seventh. Eighth is Sterling Marlin. Ninth now Darrell Waltrip. Ricky Rudd is tenth. Valon Kowicki, eleventh. Davey Allison is 12th, 13th belongs to Ken Schrader, 14th spot now is Terry Fisher with Harry Gant running in 15th, Bobby Hill in 16th, and rounding out the top 20 are Hutch Strickland along with the Mark Martin machine, Bill Elliott, and Dale Jarrett. On the 31st lap, we are under caution and pit stops are underway. Let's first go to Dick Brooks.
6: Well, it'd be a lot easier to say who stayed out, I guess, but (laughs) instead of who came in, but I think everybody's going to take advantage of this. This is the first time, really, that uh, everybody's been settled down and done a little racing, got uh, more than just two or three laps at a time. I think they're going to go for four tires, fill them up with fuel,
5: and uh, see what they got after that. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Well, this is the pit road. Dale Earnhardt took on four tires and gasoline. He beat Kyle Petty out of the pits who came in before he did. They took on four tires. Darrell Walter pedaled right front tire flat, so it was a great break for him. He took only two tires, though, on the right side. Alex Bawicki with four tires, also Michael walked with four tires, and they filled it up with gasoline. Now, Brett Bodine's car,
4: they apparently were not able to get it repaired. He has gone to the garage area, and the car has been pushed back up in there also. Perhaps we can get a word with Brett Bodine here in just a few moments.
1: Now, others that did not pit include Jimmy Spencer, so he is now back on the tail end of the lead lap. Leading the race at the moment would be Tommy Kendall from La Cañada, California. He did not pit. Mark Martin has not gone down pit road, nor has Irv Hare, nor has his team car, Terry Labonte, and Troy Beebe also electing not to pit here on lap number 31. We'll we get later in the broadcast today, we'll have the announcement of the Western Auto mechanic of the race. Western Auto is the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. As of this point, that's Robin Pemberton leading the seasonal battle. Robin is the crew chief for the Mark Martin efforts. Tim Brewer is second. Then Gary Nelson, Tony Glover, and Mike Beam. Those gentlemen are the crew chiefs for Jeff Bodine, Kyle Petty, Ernie Irvin, and Bill Elliott, respectively. There's a $25,000 payoff at the end of the year to the gentleman with the most points in the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race battling. But again, we are under caution. If you're just tuning in, this caution is the fourth of the afternoon. The first one came out on lap 5 when Jack Sellers spun around and turned number 9 lap 9 Harry Gant, Ted Kennedy and Richard Petty in incidents that happened at different spots on the racetrack combined to bring out a caution flag. Then Rob Moroso went off uh, somewhere out towards the outback there with his car. He brought out the caution on lap number 18, and here on lap number 30, Dave Marcus stopping on the course to bring out the fourth caution of the day. But Tommy Kendall is currently the race leader here, the driver from uh, California who has run Trans Am. He has run GTO and GTU competition in the IMSA ranks. Uh, Are you cognizant, Tommy, of who you're running out with on this racetrack, uh, the petties and the Earnharts of the world? As far as I'm concerned, it's just another driver from the standpoint of the name
3: that's on the roof. You know, when i if I'm coming up on a car, I look more at like what the car looks like on the racetrack. And I can get a pretty good idea if the guy feels comfortable, if he's, you know, really hanging it out, you know, just barely hanging on. So more than, you know, the name or the number, I look at what the car is doing and that's how I gauge, you know, what I'm going to race like against them.
1: Tommy Kendall, a talented race car driver, plans also to be coming to the uh, southeast for some oval track racing. He's going to go to the road course at Watkins Glen. He says he's going to run North Wilkesboro and one other... southeast uh, oval track. He said maybe Rockingham, maybe Atlanta, uh, somewhere. He's not quite sure. Possibly Richmond, but his plans are to run one more race
5: uh, on the ovals down there. Eli, this is Jim Phillips in the garage area. We caught up with Brett Brett. that got it up on jack stands. It looks like it's not a good week for brake rotors for your Buick.
10: Yeah, Jim, uh, I was going up into turn seven. You know, the Quaker State Buick was running real well. We were just biding our time letting things get strung out picked up a few spots there before the pit stop, and then after the stop, got a few more, and I went into turn seven, and I, I just eased into the brake, and the car just turned right on me, went right out through the grass, and I, I couldn't tell him exactly what happened. I thought a rotor broke. What happened, the hat uh, that holds the rotor to the wheel broke, and, and virtually no brake on the left front tire. That's why the car took a hard right. As I went through the grass, uh, stone flew up and, and put a hole in the radiator, so we got two problems, but what causes a spin was a, a failure on the brake rotor
1: hat.
5: That's Brett Bodine. They're still working on the Quaker State Buick here in the garage area.
1: Working right now, lap number 33. 37 laps mark the halfway point of this afternoon's race, and the right guard halfway challenge is being contested here this afternoon. One lucky entrant will be called by telephone later today, and if you can identify the winner of the right guard halfway challenge, you'll receive a 1990 Pontiac Grand Prix SE. If you'd like to participate, you need to call right now, 1-900-226-6600. The call costs 90 and you must be at least 18 years of age to enter. The complete entry form rules are available wherever you buy right Guard and White Rain products. If you'd like to enter by mail for any of the upcoming right Guard halfway challenges, the entry blank can be sent to Post Office Box 9, Hackensack, New Jersey, 07602. During 14 races this year, right Guard has the halfway challenge with a chance for you to win a Pontiac Grand Prix, Following this afternoon's event, the Miller Genuine Draft in Brooklyn, Michigan, in two weeks, will host the Right Guard Halfway Challenge. So get those phone calls in right now at 1-900-226-6600. The calls cost 90 cents each. Tommy Kendall currently
4: is the leader. Mark Martin is second. Irv Hare is running third.
1: We are just now back to Green Flag Racing here at Sears Point Raceway in Sonoma, California. Jimmy Spencer trying to stay on the tail end of the lead lap while Tommy Kendall has the race lead in hand for the moment. Tommy Kendall's trying
9: to dispense with the Jimmy Spencer car, getting into the back end of Spencer, getting him almost crossed up here in turn 3A. Now Kendall dives down to the inside of the Spencer car, clears that machine over in turn 4. Spencer still maintains his spot on the outside as Mark Martin, the second-place car, moves up next to Irv Hare car. Then a good race with Terry LeBron and Rusty Wallace. Terry Labonte and Lust, Rusty Wallace come off the corner nose to tail. Labonte's going to stay in single file now. Wallace caught up behind the Spencer car. It's a long line of cars all single file through turn six.
8: Los Angeles road racer Tommy Kendall leads them now off of turn number six and up onto the straightaway. Running second is Mark Martin. Then running in third will be the Terry Labonte car. Make that the Irv Hare car, an identical car. He'll be challenged for third now. Rusty Wallace to the inside. Locks the brakes up but gets by. That'll drop Hare back to fourth. Labonte will be in fifth. Running in sixth, Troy Beebe trying to hold off the lap car of Jimmy Spencer.
2: Before today's race, Tommy Kendall said, my Chevrolet can run with anyone's. And he's proving it right now as he's got about two car lengths over Mark Martin Field goes through the S's, and Jimmy Spencer is holding up the field. Somebody pushes him in the back, but Spencer's able to hold up control. A lot of dust kicked up at the S's. Your leaders are at turn 10.
10: Kendall comes through turn 10, drops the rear end off in the dirt. Martin closes in just by about a car length or so. He'll still hold on to second as they head into the hairpin
4: going to be awfully hard to get around Tommy Kendall. As smooth as he is getting around this course here this afternoon, has a lot of road racing experience and he's doing a great job right now holding off Mark Martin and with the $10,000 coming up here very shortly, Rusty Wallace is trying to get up there and take a shot at it.
1: How much experience does Tommy Kendall have here at Shears Point?
3: Well, this is the very first track I ever drove on back when I was 16 years old and so I feel very comfortable here. The big learning curve for me is getting used to these 3,500 pound cars again and just getting my confidence level back up but, you know, I, I guess I have a significant mental advantage over some of these guys in that I do feel comfortable. And some of these guys, even though I think they're every bit as talented at road racing as they are on the ovals, they don't give themselves enough credit sometimes. But, I mean, it'd be similar to throwing me in uh, at some place like Darlington, I guess. You know, my head probably wouldn't be screwed on right either. But part of it, I think, also is just to kind of throw everyone else off. They, like Dale, he always lets you think that he's really struggling out there. But you look at the last the road course over the last couple years, I don't think he's been out of the top
1: five. Well, Kendall still holds the lead as he heads towards Alan Bestwick in turn 7.
3: Rusty Wallace
8: will try him on the outside at the entrance to the corner as Kendall protects the bottom. Now Wallace can't get it done there. He bumps him in the back end. Kendall a little bit squirrely gets the car back on the racetrack, still protecting the
2: lead. Flying underneath the Goodyear Bridge at turn 8. It is still Kendall by just a hair. Wallace gets a couple of tires off the cement berm. Again, he does it again. The car kicks to the left-hand side. Wallace able to maintain control. Mark Martin in third as they fly underneath the Winston Bridge. Headed
10: for turn 10, Kendall will still hold the lead. He'll drop to the bottom of the racetrack, let it slip up into the dirt one more time, and Rusty Wallace will pull a fender alongside as they head for the hairpin, They're door-to-door, and Wallace will have the spot as he gets on the binders
4: inexperience going into that corner as Kendall gets just a little bit off the course and that's all Rusty Wallace needed. He takes the lead here as they come down to lap number 35 right now. Rusty Wallace in front, but Kendall still has plenty of time to get him back as they make that hard left-hand turn. Mark Martin has faded a wee bit. He's dropped far back now to third as they work up the hill toward Joe Moore.
9: Those two front-running cars now, Rusty Wallace and Tommy Kendall both showing some identical driving styles. Both of them cutting the corner sharper than everyone else. Coming down into turn number three when they come up the hill to turn 3A. The car actually comes up in the air. The right side of the car raises hitting that concrete berm on the inside of the racetrack. Rusty still has the spot. Right behind him is Kendall. Then it's Mark Martin, the Irv hair car.
1: Next is Terry Labonte. Then it's Dale Earnhardt and Ricky Rudd. Back to turn 5. An unscheduled pit stop for Ernie Irvin. Let's go down there.
6: Well, they said he had body damage in the car. They just wanted to check it over. He got hit pretty hard in the door by somebody in, uh, in the driver's door. And they wanted to check, make sure everything was okay. The tires looked fine. I don't know... Uh... They might have done that a little prematurely.
1: Meanwhile, Hut Strickland has spun off the course up near the upper reaches of Sears Point, but he'll back himself out of the problem area and proceed on his way. Meanwhile, the leaders are heading up towards Alan Bestwick.
8: Rusty Wallace has stretched it out to a five car length lead now over Kendall as they hit the S's.
1: Wallace is not shy at all to pitch the car to the right,
2: then pitch the car to the left, and of course you know he's got to be thinking about that Gillette halfway money. Kendall still holds down the second spot. In third is Mark Martin. In fourth, Irv Hair.
10: Wallace has stretched it out by about six car lengths now as they head through turn 10. He drifts it right up, right next to the dirt apron on this racetrack. Then it's about six, seven car lengths now back to Tommy Kendall and Mark Martin as they get on the binders and dive into the hairpin.
4: So guys running all over this course and running all off this course here this afternoon at Sears Point. Rusty Wallace is a man in command right now, and watching his driving style compared to somebody who gets around here so smooth like Ricky Rudd, you wouldn't believe there'd be such a contrast, and yet both drivers able to get good laps. Us ahead now by a full second as they work up the hill. Mark Martin still hanging on to third. Tommy Kendall is in the second spot.
1: Just we off. have caution on the speedway now as the field works themselves through the turn. There's a problem up in turn 11. That was
6: Jimmy Spencer and uh, Harry Gant. They got together up there, spun around, got going backwards, but they finally got them hooked up
1: and gone again. Now, the lead cars do not yet have the caution, so they will be coming around to accept the caution at the halfway point here as they work back towards turn number five near Fred Armstrong. Good battle for second developing as Mark Martin comes within
9: about two car lengths of Tom Kendall right behind the herb here machine there Terry Labonte, and he's got his hands full of Dale Earnhardt as they come down turn six.
8: Watching to see if Kendall can mount a late rally on Rusty Wallace to get the halfway money now as they come up into turn number seven. Wallace under braking, third gear now, now kicks it down, catches second, Pulls it to the inside as Kendall tries a little bit of late braking. The car flares out just a bit off the corner. And he'll remain about four car lengths off of Rusty now as they head down the
2: hill. How would you like to be, Rusty Wallace? All the course workers are showing a yellow flag. But you still got Tom Kendall in your rearview mirror trying to push you. Wallace now backing off the pace just a little bit over the hill. Now a downhill section puts the car to the right-hand side of the course to take the proper line to the left-hand sweeper, turn nine. He has a comfortable margin, though, over Tommy Kendall as they head into turn 10.
10: It's about four car lengths back to Tommy Kendall in seconds. and then it's another about five seconds
1: now back to Mark Martin as they head for the hairpin to take the yellow flag. And this will also signify halfway. The right guard halfway challenge will be paid out here because even though we're coming to caution, the leaders have not yet taken the caution flag. They do at this moment. Rusty Wallace takes the caution. He also leads at halfway with Tommy Kendall running in the second position. They've got next in line Mark Martin's machine ahead of Irv Hare and Terry Labonte. We are halfway through the Banquet Food 300 here at Sears Point and it's Rusty Wallace who has just won the right guard
5: halfway challenge
4: Things are going good for Rusty Wallace, he's just picked up $10,000 for leading at the halfway point not so good for Dale Earnhardt, let's get a report there.
5: Dale Earnhardt has transmission problems again this week, he's helping work on the car, they've got it up on jack stands and uh, they're working on the transmission on the Good Goodrich Chevrolet
4: three weekends in a row, or three straight races in a row for Earnhardt that they've had problems on that car. Just unbelievable. Let's check in with Dick Brooks.
6: Barry Dotson, the crew chief on uh, Rusty Wallace's car. Barry, you got $10,000 in your pocket. Yeah, That's good. We
4: pay the motel bill. You know, it costs a lot to come out here, but we love it. It's a great race, and we appreciate the
10: fans. It's unreal the turnout they have. Also getting a lot of uh, pit practice, too. Yeah, we're having a good day in here so far. Nobody's cut their thumb off, and I tell you, the boy's doing a good job
6: i tell you man, these guys in the pits today's gonna to get their work out it's a nice cool day for it. They all enjoying it.
4: We may see quite a few of the front runners come on pit road this time, but they are giving the field an indication one to go, so that will change the pit strategy in a hurry.
1: But you're right, it will change strategies there, and a heartbreaker for Dale Earnhardt. Remember, he had problems at Charlotte, problems last weekend at Dover when the engine failure cost him the point lead, and now here on lap number 38, he is in the garage area with a transmission problem. We'll follow up on the transmissions that they use here in a second. Let's go back down to the pitch.
5: Darrell Waltrip is a car that did choose to pit. They're changing all four tires on the Tide Chevrolet. Also, Jimmy Spencer, who's having his problems today, is in on pit road, along with Jim Baum.
1: Rusty Wallace is the race leader here at the Banquet Foods 300 Sears Point Raceway in Sonoma, California. A lot of advancements in race car technology over the years, but probably none has been more accepted and welcomed by the drivers than the Jericho style of transmission that has become more and more popular on the road courses. And I talked about that with Ernie Irvin, who agreed that that the Jericho tranny is a big, big key here at Sears Point or any road
0: course. Oh, most definitely. um, Without the Jericho, you need to heel toes, so uh, I don't do that. I love foot brake and right foot gas and don't even touch the clutch.
1: That's one of the big keys. And, Dick Brooks, when you raced on the road courses, uh, uh, did you have the ability to use a basically a a, a clutchless transmission, if you will, or did you have to do the heel-and-toe style and and jam that clutch every time?
6: Well, I sure did, Uh, Eli. I was uh, one of the fortunate ones. I got to wear out both feet. I'd wear off shoes and everything. That's the reason I got short as I am. (laughs) I used to be taller until I had to heel-toe so much, and I wore wore my legs down. Now, we we didn't have the uh, convenience these guys have got now. They don't do nothing but just push the handle, And uh, guess when they're supposed to do it. It sure makes it a lot easier. That's an awful, awful good thing to road course racing, I'll tell you that. Although a lot of drivers
1: say they'll still use the clutch when they're upshifting, and they will not use the clutch when they're downshifting, even though the so-called instruction book says that you can't go uh, without the clutch in either direction. But that's a big, big plus for fellas who never really fashioned themselves as road course racers, and that's one one of the factors they've not really had to bother with, the
5: disjuncture. Yes, Jim? We're with Dale Earnhardt. Dale, again, mechanical problem.
0: Yeah, we had been
6: smelling transmission grease for several laps, and I figured it running it hot. And when it, it slowed down on that caution I shifted up to third, you know, this, you know, it was going to run around up there behind the pace car, and the thing just tore all the pieces. It just tore off, and it, I don't know
0: what happened. I just think it got too hot because it started throwing grease out, and the grease was coming through the firewall, and it's all over the pedals and everything where I shifted. It's making it a little bit tough to get on the brakes without slipping off the brakes. So
5: you're going to put a new transmission in, right?
0: Yeah, we're going to fix it. You know, we fix anything.
5: That's Dale Earnhardt, second week in a row, mechanical problems. Well, they have to run a garage at the racetrack. They've had three
4: weeks, three straight races in a row that they have had problems. Rusty Wallace is the leader. Tommy Kendall is second. Mark Martin is third. Fourth is Terry Labonte. Fifth right now is Ricky Rudd. And sixth is Jeff Bodine. They should be up near turn five.
9: Coming out of turn five, Wallace opens it up to about two car lengths. Tommy Kendall is second. Third is Mark Martin. Fourth is the Terry Labonte machine. Moving his way back up into fifth, Ricky Rudd.
8: Off the carousel, back up to full song now as they come out onto the straightaway, sweeping underneath the Goodyear bridge back to high gear now. Wallace has pulled off to about six car lengths on second place Kendall. Mark Martin will make a bid for second now on the outside of turn number seven. Too fast into the corner though. He'll have to back off. Kendall will hold the spot as they come off the corner. They rub together as
2: Martin doesn't want to give in. Of course that's all Rusty Wallace wants to see. Let those other two drivers fight it out for second. Wallace with a lot of abandon through the S's. Comes through cleanly. Mark Martin now holds down the second spot and he's opened up about two car lengths over Tommy Kendall. Fourth spot now now is Ricky Rudd as they fly to turn 10. Back up in the front, Rusty Wallace continues to open up
10: his margin of lead over Mark Martin. By now, six car lengths. It's two car lengths. On back to Tommy Kendall and three more on back to Ricky Rudd. They're in the hairpin.
1: But remember again, between Ricky Rudd and Rusty Wallace, they have won the last six road course races as cars beat and bang one another. Coming through turn number 11, Irv Hare gets kicked to the outside as Wallace leads Martin. Third is Kendall. Fourth is is Rudd. Fifth is Jeff Bodine. The good battle now for six has Kyle Petty to the inside, but he's going to lose the spot to Morgan Shepard as they battle up the hill towards Joe Moore. Shepherd makes a nice move here in turn number two to the outside to get around Kyle Petty. Petty may
9: lose another spot right behind him. Sterling Marlin he's putting the pressure on now for the eighth position. Here in turn 3A Marlin looks to the outside of Kyle Petty now goes down to the inside as they hit turn four. Here though is Adam Kowicki he makes it three wide in turn four on the inside of Marlon. He squeezes out Kyle Petty. Marlon gets by. Kowicki goes by and Terry Labonte. Wallace already long gone. There's Alan Kowicki coming off of turn five. Right behind is Terry Labonte. Labonte will stay with him. Labonte takes a peek to the inside. They rub nose to tail as they come off the carousel turn.
8: Watching Ricky Rudd begin to work his way back up towards the front after going all the way to the back. Ricky Rudd's going to make a bid for third now in turn number seven. Down to the inside of Kendall on the brakes. Locks up the right front but makes the pass in turn number seven so the holds it to Ricky Rudd now back up to third as they head to the S's.
2: Leader underneath the Goodyear Bridge. Mark Martin about three car lengths behind and Ricky Rudd now showing once again that qualification form. He was the top qualifier here today. He's got the car working back again although there is some body damage to the right front. He's still charging very hard underneath the Winston Bridge. Stretching it out single file
10: now. Ricky Rudd is trying to close in the gap on Mark Martin but he's got a rearview mirror full of Tommy Kendall as Kendall just won't actually give up the spot as they head into the hairpin. Kendall will take a look to the high side.
4: Ricky Rudd has a 30,000-plus reasons for getting back up there and taking the lead away and winning this race. The Unical challenge for Rudd, if he wins, having started on the pole, would be worth $30,400. He is within striking distance right now of Rusty Wallace and Mark Martin as they come across the start-finish line. Go back uphill, make that hard left turn, and head up to Joe Moore. He is shortening up the interval a little bit each time around.
9: Rudd continually trying to reel in the Mark Martin car. Martin has the second spot. He's about a second and a half behind Rusty Wallace. Back up to 3A towards turn number four. All single file. Further back in the field, we're watching Davey Allison try to make a move around Kenny Schrader. This is a battle for the seventh position. Meanwhile, back up in turn two. One car is off the course going to the outside. It's the Dick Trickle car. It is not running. It's moved to the outside of the course just off turn
1: number two. Everyone is moving by. Meanwhile, a lap ago, Kyle Petty was forced into the tires in turn number 11, and that has sent him to the pits for an unscheduled stop. Let's cover that
5: pull the sheet metal away from the left rear quarter panel on the Peak Pontiac. That's all they did. They did not change tires. Just pull the sheet metal from the tire. We
4: are under caution, a full course caution here at Sears Point Raceway. At lap number 42, Dick Trickle stalls on the course. Let's get a report there.
9: He's up at the top of the hill here in turn number two. As he came up the hill, the car stalled. He just pulled over to the left side of the road, pulled off into the dirt there. One of the uh, track officials came out to check with uh, Dick and make sure things were okay. Right now, he's just waiting for a ride back to the pit area.
5: Let's go to the pit area right now. And Jim Phillips. Kyle Petty is back in the pits, Barney. They're t- changing tires this time on the peak pontiac all four tires will be changed of course they had that problem with the fender they're just putting in gasoline now and coming around to the left side of the peak pontiac and he'll be down and away
1: Kyle petty is back on the racetrack after service from gary nelson on the peak pontiac crew meanwhile the team for tommy kendall still just watching as their driver is in fourth after having led for a part of this afternoon jim phillips is there
5: we're in this pit. Normally you see these guys with good wrench uniforms on on Saturday afternoons at the Bush Grand National working for Dale Earnhardt, but today it's Winston Cup. Tony. Uri.
4: Yeah, we're going to help Mark Reno and Tommy Kendall out
7: here a little bit. And, uh, we're trying to do him a good job. We tried to win him $10,000, but we didn't make it.
5: And they're getting ready to change tires as uh, the field is coming onto pit road.
1: Now Mark Martin has elected to pit. Tommy Kendall will as well, although many of the others stay on the track as the indication is one to go. Now Mark Martin realizes that, and he'll make the hard left towards the pit area. Let's cover his stuff.
6: Well, they're going to change uh, all four tires on his car since he's in here. Uh, they had the pit board out for uh, Ricky Rudd and Bill Elliott just now came in, which I uh, thought he was going to stay back out also, but they're going inside the car to do some work on it. Uh, do a little adjustment on uh, looks to me like they're in in the driver's seat, maybe doing some adjustment up under the brake pedals and stuff. But anyway, they're going to change four tires on that car and uh, get them back out. But most of the guys elected to stay out. It's very, very difficult for these guys to start in the rear and work their way back up to the front. And the race is half over, so you're going to have to start thinking about the end
8: of it. Rudd is off the pace, Barney. Ricky Rudd has dropped off the pace. Ten, now 11, 12 cars have gone by him, and there's a problem on Ricky Rudd's car. He's not come up to speed on the restart. He's on the outside of the racetrack. It looks like all four tires are up, but the field is
1: going by Ricky Rudd. Dick Brooks is in the Ricky Rudd pit area. Let's see if he is radioed in with a report.
6: Well, he's. Uh, what? L. Wilson's out on the pit road. Got the pit board up. They're getting ready to bring him in. Uh, I'm not 100% sure where they've uh, found out for sure what's wrong with. Has uh, Rudd said what's wrong?
5: We got a right front going down. We got to stop and change it.
6: Okay, they're going to change the right front. Uh, Terry Laboni's sitting in the pits right now. He's got a clutch problem. They're going to adjust the clutch up on it and see if they can make it work. Bill Elliott came in, as I said a while ago, and Mike Bean jumped in the car to find out what was wrong or to fix something. I asked him what it was, and he said it was a brake pedal. It wouldn't come back up. It was stuck to the floor, so they got a bungee cord on it to hold it up. So that's, uh, that's strange. Meanwhile, a surprise stop for the
1: Budweiser Ford. Jeff Bodine is in for service. Jim Phillips.
5: Changing left side tires of the Budweiser Ford. Also on the right, they're going to change both sides. Looks like the left rear fender is caved in on the tire. That could have been a problem for him. Also, the left front fender is caved in a bit. But they're changing all four tires of the Budweiser Ford.
1: Meanwhile, Davey Allison showing a lot more smoke now. He has been smoking from the rear of the Haviland Texaco Ford Thunderbird for a good part of the afternoon. And at last report, Davey was running up near the top ten, but the smoke continuing to intensify in his machine. And he is going to be coming around to the pit lane here in just a moment or so. Meanwhile, we pick up the leaders on the course.
8: Ru- Ru- Rusty Wallace on the straightaway, headed for seven. Everybody that's been in second has fallen off over the last lap, so now he's got a good distance over Morgan Shepard. The battle is for third as Alan Kulwicki will try and take Sterling Marlin on the outside. That won't work. Marlin will go by and Kulwicki and Ernie Irvin will get together as Irvin try to take advantage of the move. He won't do it this time either.
2: Wallace is crushing the field through the S's. He's really having a blast here through that right turn combination there is Morgan Shepard by himself now about two car lengths back as Sterling Marlin being challenged by Alan Kowicki and Ernie Irvin now running again to the front. The battle is back for those three positions as they come under the
10: Winston Cup Bridge, head for turn 10. Sterling Marlin takes the Sunoco Oldsmobile right out next to the dirt. His rearview mirror is full of Alan Kowicki and right behind Kowicki looking to make the move is Ernie Irvin. They're in the hairpin.
4: Two and six tenths seconds. The advantage right now for the leader Rusty Wallace as he is slinging that car all over this 11 turn road course here at Sears Point this afternoon. Morgan Shepard, meanwhile, tries to reel him in. Didn't make up any ground that time. Third is still Sterling Marlin. That's where the battle is for the third place. There's three cars locked up in that. Sterling Marlin, Alan Kulwicki, and right now Ernie Irvin as they head up to turn three.
9: We'll watch that third place battle here in turn number two. Sterling Marlin has the spot now. That's the third position. Directly behind him is Alan Kulwicki. Kulwicki draws a line, looks to the outside here in turn number three. No chance to make the move. Ernie Irvin also in that threesome. They go downhill towards turn number four. Here again, Sterling Marlin holds the spot. Kulwicky draws a line down to the inside. Tries to pull up alongside Sterling Marlin, but going to turn five has to get on the binders. He'll come single file off the corner. Sterling Marlin once again he'll open it up to about one car length. Ernie Irvin tries the outside of Alan Kulwicky. They'll all go single file. Right behind as a Kent Schrader machine about two car lengths back. Trouble in turn four. Chad Little has spun his car. Another car has slammed into his machine. Now Chad Little has been able to pull away. The other car still sitting at the inside of the track. That is
1: we can't quick out the car. It goes behind one of the dirt firms. That is going to be the Tommy Kendall machine. Kendall with extensive damage to the right front after he gets together with Chad Little up in the corner. And as Kendall continues around the racetrack, he is discarding some sheet metal as he goes. A hard, hard hit to the right front of that car. And it really is a heartbreaking situation as well as Tommy Kendall was running. We told you Davey Allison has been black flagged a few moments ago. Davey has dropped all the way back to 22nd spot. And also Chad Little now taking his car down this main runoff area, which is part of the drag strip used when the NHRA competes here at Sears Point. He has just pulled off the course to the safety of the drag strip. So you can add the cars of Chad Little and the car of Tommy Kendall with extensive damage to their automobiles. Tough, tough break for Kendall Eli, in particular.
5: we caught up with Dick Trickle. Dick, what put you out? Well, we were
2: running a smooth race, you know, and the old, the old 66 top Arctic car was running good. I stayed on the track real well, was staying in a hunt. We'd moved up about 10 position. We are running about 15th for 27 spot. And, you know, all of a sudden the motor started tightening up going to 11 and started chattering the rear wheels, and, and I made it on through that corner and, and coasted up into two and she just tightened the engine down on us.
5: That's Dick Trickle. He will not finish this afternoon. So he is out of it for the
4: day. A lot of smoke out of Earnhardt's car as he is working around the course. Watching him right now, we've seen quite a bit of smoke in the car as they have brought it back onto the racetrack now, trying to get him to keep making as many laps as he can. Chad Little's car has extensive damage, as Eli said a moment ago, and really a tough break for Tommy Kendall, having run in the top five all afternoon to have the right front kind of smashed all in on his car. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back to Sears Point in a moment.
1: Here in Sonoma, California, we are 50 laps complete, 24 remain in the Banquet Foods 300. A mixed bag of news for the Bowen family this weekend. Last night, Chuck Bound won on the Bush Series. Yesterday, it was a good day, but today, Jimmy Bound has just spun his car, driving for DK Ulrich here on the road course, and he's limping around to the garage area. Meanwhile, Jim Phillips is with Tommy Kendall
5: in the garage. Well, Tommy Kendall was having a good run today. But it, did, it didn't last, Tommy. What happened?
3: Well, like you said, we ran out the front all day. The EDS Chevrolet was every bit a match for Rusty or anyone out there. And uh, we came in and took on four tires at the last caution. And you run the risk of starting back there with the wild folks. And that's exactly what happened. Chad Little got around backwards in turn four. And uh, somebody went left. I went to the right. As soon as I started going to the right, he decided to pull out of the way. And uh, caught me. You know, we hit just about head on. So, it's a real shame. These guys uh, had us in the race, and you know, we were just biding our time, waiting to go for it at the end.
5: You think you might get it fixed? No, it's done. That's Tommy Kendall. He will not finish this afternoon.
4: And that is a heartbreaker, because he really he could drive as well as anybody out there. He proved that, and he had a good piece of equipment on him. He had a possibility of winning, and certainly a top three or four finish.
1: He really did. So Tommy Kendall is in the garage, joining Chad Little, Dick Trickle, Dale Earnhardt, Dave Marcus, Rob Moroso, Ted Kennedy, Herschel McGriff. Now, we understand they're still working on the Terry Labonte car on pit lane. Is there any update, uh, Jim or Dick, as to what the problem is there?
6: Well, they've moved it in behind a pit wall. I can't find Terry, and I've asked four of them what the question was. Three of them didn't answer me. One of them said we just had a problem, so I walked off.
4: So Labonte is behind the wall also. Good battle going on in the course right now for positions three, four, and five. Here's Wallace, the leader, as he moves across the start-finish line. Second place is Morgan Shepard. Pretty good interval there of about a second and a half. Third place now is Alan Kowicki. Fourth, as they move apart a little bit, is Ernie Urban. Then we'll find Sterling Marlin and Mark Martin and Kenny Schrader, along with Irv Hare and Darrell Waltrip. That's a good pack of traffic. Five cars kind of locked in there from fourth through about 8th position as they work up to Joe Moore. Back
9: at the 6th spot, Mark Martin trying to hold off Kenny Schrader. He's really mounting a charge here, coming off turn number 2. Directly behind him, the Irv Hair car. Darrell Waltrip also in the thick of that battle. They're single file in 3A back downhill to turn number 4. Right now, no one's stepping out of line. Bit of tire smoke off of Mark Martin's car as he holds his position downhill back to turn 5. The is already long gone now. Here comes a battle off turn number 5. It spreads out just a bit. Mark Martin pulls away, but Ken Schrader now having his hand hands full of Irv hair. Schrader slides way up on the outside of the track.
1: Air comes to the inside. It's a good battle as they come side-by-side side off the corner. Unscheduled stop for Ricky Rudd and the Levi Garrett machine. Back to Pitt Road.
6: Well, they're just working on the car to so see if they can get the thing, They uh, the like vibration and it, trying to get the thing fixed. I'll find out what it is in a minute.
4: Not a good day for Ricky Rudd. Now, he's been up there three or four times. He's had unscheduled pit stops. He's had to play catch-up all day long. And each time, he's been able to get back up in contention as far as the top four or five spots. But again, an unscheduled stop is going to drop him back some more. He was running in 24th position, trying to work his way back to the front. But he made that stop. He is down and away and goes back up the hill. Wallace, the leader, comes across the line. And he continues to move away from the second-place car of Morgan Shepard. Shepard continually moving away from the third-place car right now of Alan but from there back it's a pretty tight battle for 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th position. There's less than two car lengths separating those machines as they make turn two and head up the hill to Joe Moore.
9: Still back in the 4th position, the Ernie Irvin car. He's now got about two car lengths over the Martin machine. Next to nine is Sterling Marlin and Irv here. Kenny Schrader had a little bit of a slip here a few minutes ago. He lost the position to Darrell Waltrip, so Darrell Waltrip now moves up to the 8th position. Leaders head back downhill to turn 5. Everybody single 5 as they come off the corner. Alan Kawicki will maintain about a 10 car length lead. Now it's going to be the Ernie Irvin machine getting a challenge from Mark Martin. He really cooks it hard through turn number 5. Now they head it to 6. Martin looks to the inside as they go nose to tail off the corner.
8: Martin taking a page from the rusty Wallace school of road racing. Hanging a car out both sides of the racetrack. Locking the brakes up. Smoking and squealing the tires in the corner. This time he'll come after Irvin as they hit the hairpin in 7. Locks the brakes down just a bit. The car noses forward so the left front almost touches the now tries to get underneath Irvin as they come off the corner, but Irvin gets the Oldsmobile wound up, he'll hold him off.
2: During practice and qualification, two of the wildest drivers through the S's were Rusty Wallace and Mark Martin. Wallace at the point, Martin challenging from the fifth spot. Again, he gets two tires off the cement berm. He's really challenging Ernie Irvin hard as they sweep through turn nine.
10: Those two cars will be nose to tail as they come under the Winston Cup bridge, heading for turn ten. Irvin will slide way up to the dirt. Right behind him is Mark Martin. Now he'll dive to the inside to look inside Irvin as they head for the hairpin, those two cars will be door-to-door as they head through the hairpin.
9: Traveling turn six, the Butch Miller car slides off the track hard into the tires. The car begins to climb up the banking. Now it comes to a rest, and it was a rather gentle rest as it went into the tire wall, the tire wall doing its job. The Butch Miller car just kind of slid up pushed through the tires, began to climb up the banking, and came to a gentle rest down. The safety crew is beginning to wave the yellow flag down here in turn six as the field slows down.
4: Butch Miller liked this course. He came out here, didn't have all that much road course experience in the planter's nut car, and Travis Carter said, hey, we're running a lot better here than we ever expected we would, but all of a sudden, he's had a problem here right now, and it looks like caution will be coming out on the full course for Butch Miller, who has stuffed his car in the tire wall up on the track right now, so we'll Pardon? get a full course caution. Go ahead, Dick. Well,
6: that's the one thing that- could happen to Ricky Rudd. I mean, it's a stroke of luck for him. He's had two flat right front tires. Both times just little pinholes, but they were leaking air so they had to change them and uh, this will give him a chance to get caught back up. Butch Miller
4: bringing out a full course caution here on lap number 53 when he spun off into that tire wall. He is all right, but they'll have to tow the car out of there and bring him on around. He was running in 26th position at the time. We'll see some pit stops coming up here in a moment.
1: One man who has a lot of work to do now as they go back to green is Morgan Shepard. He came onto pit road a few moments ago in second spot. He is now in 12th position after the pit stops. Back to green. The leaders are already up the hill, heading
9: to Joe Moore and two. Bobby Hillen leads the way right behind him now. The car really putting the pressure on us. Jeff Bodine, he's got the second spot, trying to get around the Bobby Hillen car. Now ahead of those machines is Dale Earnhardt, who is many laps off the pace. Again, it's Hillen leading the way. Then Jeff Bodine, followed by Ricky Rudd and Rusty Wallace. The front four cars head back to turn number four. Rudd's the one trying to make the move. He goes down to the inside of Jeff Bodine but goes back single file. Single file as they come off the corner. Of the Dale Earnhardt car leading the field but the leader of the race Bobby Hillen now two car links in front of Jeff Bodine. Then Ricky Rudd. Now Rusty Wallace comes in behind Rudd. Three cars nose to tail. That's the battle for second.
8: Off the carousel now back onto the straightaway it's the Snickers Buick showing the way. The battle will be for the second spot. Jeff Bodine to the inside. Ricky Rudd to the outside. Ford versus Chevrolet. Under into the corner Rudge slips by Bodine but Bodine has the inside line he's going to rally back to the inside of the corner they'll go wheel to wheel now off the corner as Ernie Irvin spins in front of the field in turn seven contact as Alan Kowicki piles in Stan Barrett spins Hutch Strickland is off the corner and everybody is spinning through smoke and haze in turn number seven
1: everybody pulls away from that situation with the exception of Stan Barrett as his car remains off the course now he too fires up his car and pulls back onto the speedway so everybody is pulled back under power as the field heads towards turn number 11 to complete what will be lap number 58 here at Sears Point if you're just joining us 74 laps make up the total distance 58 laps currently being posted on the board, the race leader here's a challenge at the stripe Hillen to the inside, Ricky Rudd to the outside, the Levi Garrett Chevy will accelerate going underneath the Bosch Bridge, uphill into the lead and they're heading to turn number two, Rudd may hang on to the lead. Ricky
9: Rudd takes the lead as they crest the hill in turn number two, he gets out in front of Bobby Hillen Jr., Hillen's got his hands full now as Rusty Wallace is next in line, Wallace tried to get underneath Hillen here at turn number three, he goes back into single file, it's Jeff Bodine holding on to third, fourth now is Dale Jarrett, back in fifth is Bill Elliott, he's got a challenge as Mark Martin goes to the inside of his car. The leaders are downhill going to five. Into turn number five, Ricky Rudd opens it up to about two car lengths. Now a good battle for second as to the inside of the track goes Bobby Hillen. Now the rusty Wallace car stabs. They'll go side by side and through the corner number six as they come off the corner.
8: Still side by side for third. Things starting to get a little intense up the front now as the laps wind down. It's Ricky Rudd up the hill. The challenge will be for second. Wallace will get by Hillen and hold Hillen back now as they break for turn number seven. Wallace locks up the right front gets it rolling again, though, as Dale Jarrett will take a quick look underneath Jeff Bodine off the corner. That'll be for fourth, but Jarrett falls in line single file.
2: The other drivers have got to be wondering, what do we have to do to keep Ricky Rudd down? He's had his fair share of problems this afternoon, but here he is again at the top spot. Wallace now about five car lengths back in second. Hillen dropping back in third. The field is at turn 10. They stay
10: in single file as they come through turn 10. It's a hard right-hander, remember, as Ricky Rudd rips up near the dirt. Rusty Wallace is the second car in line. Third goes Bobby Hillen. The battle is for fourth. That's Jeff Bodine and Dale Jarrett as Jarrett looks to the high side and now down low in the hairpin.
1: But Bodine holds him off underneath some hard braking. Remember, only two Winston Cup teams came all the way out here to the west coast to do some testing. One of them is Ricky Rudd, and he said the only reason we came out here is because car crew chief Waddell Wilson had to build a brand-new road racing car. Last year's Levi Garrett Chevrolet was totally used up, you remember, late in the race at Watkins Glen, New York, when Jeff Bodine went off the back straightaway through turn five and through a couple of retaining fences, and that used up that car. So Bodine's car used up. They built a brand new one for Ricky Rudd, and only he and Kyle Petty came all the way out here to test during the last number of weeks. Both of those teams running well here today, but right now it is Ricky Rudd. But third, fourth, fifth, sixth position on back has been a dandy of a scramble over the last number of laps. Completing lap number 61, working towards 62. Rusty Wallace is the race leader, coming past us now. His advantage is one exactly one second over second place Ricky Rudd. (laughs) Those two cars have pulled away by three seconds. Now from Bobby Hillen and the rest of the field as they climb uphill towards turn number two. Bobby Hillen has the third spot well in hand. He's about four car lengths ahead of the next car in line. That'll be
9: Jeff Bodine. Now, he was pretty busy a little while ago. Mark Martin had pulled up alongside him, but for now, they settle down and go single file. Behind Martin is the Dale Jarrett car, then Morgan
1: They're struggling on the course as Kyle Petty has gotten together with Bill Schmidt to clog the racetrack here at Sears Point. And we have caution. A full course caution now. Troy Beebe is also involved. So here in turn numbers one and two going up the hill, Troy Beebe along with Kyle Petty, the two cars plus the Bill Schmidt machine involved on the caution. Lap number 62, let's pick up the leaders on the course.
8: Moving now through turn number seven, it's Rusty Wallace comfortably in front of Ricky Rudd now, and Wallace running about seven or eight car lengths behind Dale Earnhardt as they head down the hill.
2: Down the hill, here comes Rusty Wallace enjoying that lead. And I tell you, where other drivers are struggling, Wallace is having a blast of those S's. He's really quite comfortable. There goes Ricky Rudd in the second spot. Mark Martin, too. Your heart just jumps into your throat when you watch Martin go through these S's. He gets almost all the tires off the corner, able to maintain control. He's behind Bodine for third. The leader will head back toward the uh, start-finish line as he comes out of turn 10, headed
10: for the hairpin right-hand turn, catching up with the lap traffic of Dale Earnhardt. Rusty Wallace is followed by Ricky Rudd
4: going to be 11 laps to go as they pick up the caution here at the start finish line this time around. So this is going to bunch the field all up together again. But it looked like Wallace might pull away and just settle this thing all by himself because Ricky had dropped back a full second on him just a moment ago. This is going to give him a little second breather at Rusty Wallace, the leader. Rudd is second, third is Hillen, fourth right now. That will be Jeff Bodine. Rounding out the top five is Mark Martin. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back in a minute.
1: The field still under caution, heading underneath the Goodyear Bridge. They will be going green next time by. Still 24 cars on the lead lap. Rusty Wallace leads. Ricky Rudd is second. Bobby Hill third. Jeff Bodine is fourth. And Mark Martin fifth. Dale Jarrett runs in sixth. Morgan Shepard seventh. Eighth is Sterling Marlin. Irv Hare having a super run with the driver from Peoria, Illinois. He is in ninth. Tenth now is Kenny Schrader. In 11th spot is the Derek Cope car. Thirteenth position belongs to Michael Waltrip. Fourteenth now. Or rather, 13th is Rick Wilson. 14th is Harry Gantt. Hutt Strickland is 15th. 16th is the Ernie Irvin entry. Alan Kowicki is 17th. In 18th spot, they are showing Bill Schmidt. 19th position is John Krebs. 20th is Bill Elliott. In 21st spot is the entry for Chad Little out of Spokane, Washington. Next in line will be the... Stan Barrett car, he's running 22nd, Kyle Petty 23rd and 24th is Terry Fisher one lap down is Jimmy Bound. Elmo Langley is headed up the drag strip and everybody else is going racing here at Sears Point
4: the green flag is back out, Ricky Rudd goes after Rusty Wallace, he wastes no time as they go up the hill, he tried to swing around on the outside couldn't do it, they break away, the battle will be for third place, that's a door to door confrontation and from here down to the checkered flag, it's going to be a rough
6: one you got something right in front of you, Kyle Petty
4: Kyle Petty spins his car on the restart. Didn't hit the wall, just looped it around a couple of times. He joins the tail end of the field as the leaders head up to turn three. Rusty Wallace leads the way. Ricky
9: Rudd is in second. They're in turn number four. In third is Jeff Bodine. He took that spot away from Bobby Hillen on the start. Next in line, the Mark Martin car. Then comes Morgan Shepherd, Dale Jarrett, and Sterling Marlin. All single file as they shoot down the hill. Two cars begin to break array. It's Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd. In the third spot is Bodine. Hillen is fourth. Martin is fifth as they head down the carousel turn.
8: Looks just like it a year ago as Wallace and Rudd try to settle it among themselves. Only this time, the roles are reversed. It's Rudd, the pursuer, and Wallace, the pursuee. They come up the hill to seven. Rudd's going to go right after him now. Late breaking into the corner. Wallace locks up the brakes, but he'll hold him off this time as Rudd falls back a car length, accelerating off the corner. Everybody now running single file.
2: Before the yellow flag, Wallace was able to pull away from Rudd easily. Let's see if the same holds true now. Wallace getting the car sideways in turn eight. Able to gather it up. Rudd is going to pull everything he can out of his book with just a handful of laps remaining. It is a two-car race, Wallace and Rudd, as they go through turn nine. They'll stay single file as they come under the Winston Bridge and in through turn ten.
10: Wallace gets loose again as they head up through turn ten. He slips off into the dirt, but he keeps the lead, but Ricky Rudd will tighten it up to about a car length as they head for the hairpin.
1: We here in the tower can see the smoke just billowing off the brakes of these automobiles. The hard braking area in turn eleven is one of the best passing areas on this racetrack. If you don't brake well, if you're get outbraked by another team, you could really lose a spot in a hurry. Now the cars are back across the start-finish line. Lap 68 goes up on the board, and the leaders climb the hill up to Joe Moore and two. Ricky Rudd's not letting Rusty Wallace get as far
9: away as he did on that last restart. Rudd's about two car lengths behind him. Wallace brings him uphill on the 3A. Rudd is right behind him. Then about five car lengths back to Jeff Bodine. Mark Martin has taken the fourth spot. He's challenging Bodine for third, but gets back in line to hold on the fourth. Next is Moore Morgan Shepard, he's got the sixth position, seventh now is Bobby Hillen, and Dale Jarrett's about to get him three cars running together. Leading them is going to be Jeff Bodine. That's the third spot. Fourth is Martin. Fifth is going to be the Morgan Shepard machine. Now Shepard looks to the outside of Martin as they battle it out down turn six.
8: Traffic is from third on back as the two leaders break away. It's Mark Martin looking to pick up third from Jeff Bodine. Those two red Fords come up the hill now, joined by a third red Ford of Morgan Shepard. Martin to the outside of Bodine. He'll try and go wheel to wheel into turn number seven. Bodine with the preferred inside line. He shoves Martin off the course sideways. Now gets it back on, the he'll have to fall back in line.
2: Wallace now able to open it up just a bit through the S is about two car lengths. He throws the car to the left then to the right. That's what he was doing before and it worked and it's working now. Two car lengths now over Ricky Rudd as they fly underneath
10: the Winston Bridge. Into turn 10, Rusty Wallace will continue to be the leader. Again, he'll go a little bit sideways, drop the left rear wheel off into the dirt but Ricky Rudd isn't able to close into any ground as they head into turn 11.
4: Ricky Rudd is hoping Rusty Wallace will beat himself. Make a mistake, run off the course. Something happened to the car because he can't get up there close enough to put a challenge on him. at Trouble least at least
10: this Trouble up in jump turn 11. One car goes all the way around. It's Dale Jarrett. He's sitting there among all the traffic, but everyone seems to be getting by okay.
1: So as everybody squeezes by, Darrell Waltrip's machine goes by. Richard Petty gets around the Wood Brothers machine. Dale Jarrett himself has gotten the car righted. 69 laps is what they're working right now of a 74-lap race as we pick up the leaders.
9: Rusty Wallace down in turn number three. Still with two car links over Ricky Rudd. Battles back for about the seventh position. Ernie Irvin is there with Irv Hare. Hare trying to make a move here at the inside of the racetrack. Now trying to go wide here in 3A. Hare puts the car right underneath Ernie Irvin again this is a battle for the 7th spot on turn 4. Meanwhile Mark Martin begins to make the move off Jeff Bodine. That's the battle for third. Martin looks to the inside. Martin really wide through the corner. Now he cuts a couple of wheels off as he goes into turn number 6. Morgan Shepard joins the battle as they head down the hill.
8: As the leaders deal with a lap car up on the straightaway, they get by with no problem. Still watching the battle for third now developing. Martin will go side by side with Jeff Bodine into the corner. Martin will be on the outside. Bodine will be on the inside. Martin locks up the brakes just for a moment. That's going to allow Bodine to squirt by and hold on to the spot off
2: the corner. Morgan Shepard trying to join that battle as well. Here comes the battle for third. Underneath the Goodyear Bridge, Martin gets a little bit sideways, and Bodine taps him. They're able to maintain control. Martin assumes the third place spot, and now he sets his sights on the desperate Ricky Rudd in second. Those
10: three Fords head down through the, uh, or rather under the Winston Cup Bridge and in through turn 10. It's a good distance up to the leaders. The battle, though, knows to tail with Mark Martin dropping off into the dirt. Now two car lengths separate him from Jeff Bodine, and right on Bodine's rear bumper is Morgan Shepard there in the hard right-hander, number 11.
4: And they're getting into some serious racing as the final laps are winding down here at Sears Point right now. Rusty Wallace has an advantage of a little better than one and two tenths seconds over Ricky Rudd. A short break, and we'll be back for the finish.
1: We are working the 71st of 74 laps here at Sears Point Raceway in Sonoma, California. The lead is still held by Rusty Wallace over second place, Ricky Rudd. Mark Martin is closing hard in third. Fourth now is Jeff Bodine. Fifth belongs to Morgan Shepherd. Bobby Hillen is next in line, going in sixth. And that's as good of a battle on the racetrack now, the Bodine-Morgan Shepherd battle, as is the lead, because the lead right now, going beneath the Goodyear Bridge, seems somewhat secure. Now Mark Martin closes in in front of Dan Hubbard on second place Ricky Rudd. Ricky Rudd, just a few short laps ago, was vying for the lead. Now he's the
2: man trying to defend second position as they go to turn 10. Out of turn 10, Rudd will drift up high,
10: and that will allow... Mark Martin to take a look to the inside. He fakes him just a little and now looks to the high side as they head through turn 11. That hard right-hand hair pitch.
4: And unless Rusty Wallace makes a mistake, he has an advantage of a little better than three seconds right now in the lead. He's going to be awfully hard to catch. The battle they're going to watch right down to the wire will be between Ricky Rudd right now and Mark Martin. They have really been getting at it. Across the start-finish line and up the hill they go. Right now, Rudd ahead by one car length. Martin seems a little stronger in the corners. He's able to get outside and inside, but that's about as well as he can do as they head up the hill to jump. No more.
9: Missed the battle for the second spot. Just cresting the hill in turn number two. Ricky Rudd is there. Mark Martin right in his tail coming down the hill into turn number three. Martin, as of yet, not trying to make a move around Ricky Rudd. He'll follow the tire tracks once again up through 3A down to turn 4. Now here's Martin to the inside of Ricky Rudd. Rudd
1: doesn't even battle back. Mark Martin takes second here in turn 4. And now while that battle goes on with Martin taking the position away from Rudd, a heartbreaker for the Winston Cup point leader Morgan Shepard. He has just come off the course at turn number 11 and gone directly towards the garage area. Morgan was running in 7th spot, had a 10 to lead in the Winston Cup points and at this juncture there are still 24 cars on the lead lap So, and with a number of cars two and one lap down we're looking at Morgan finishing somewhere around 27th or 28th Barney and that's going to but take them right off the top spot in the points well, they,
4: they knew their streak had to come to an end sometime but they were hoping they could make it go a little bit longer he's the only driver to finish have a post a top 10 finish in 11 races this year and they came out here and almost had another one as close as a second or third place finish but now they are in the garage Rusty Wallace continues to just hammer that car around the racetrack right now. He's heading for turn 11.
10: He comes out of turn 10 real smooth, but right behind him now closing in a bit is Mark Martin. Mark is manhandling that Folgers Ford Thunderbird as he heads it through
1: the hairpin. So as the field comes across turn number 11, they're bypassing the pit lane, and to the start-finish line they come. Wallace's lead as they begin lap number 73. He's got the advantage over Mark Martin and Ricky Rudd. It'll be the white flag next time by. So we now have less than two laps remaining here as they work again up the hill and crushed in front of Joe Moore. Here's Rusty Wallace leading the way.
9: Mark Martin doing everything he can, starting to chop off the corners, and as Dan Hubbard mentioned a few moments ago, Rusty's
1: really not driving. In the car that hard and now. there's trouble in turn 11 as Davey Allison has gotten together with one of the Skoll cars it's Terry Labonte's entry as he and Irv Hare have identically painted race cars Allison has pulled away and stays on the racetrack but Labonte has not yet left the turn 11 area at last report Terry was running in 32nd spot already 8 laps down a tough break for him as the leaders come out towards the Goodyear Bridge under caution we are under under caution. So we are going to have this race end under caution. This could be the last lap of racing. They're in front of Alan Bestwick and 7. Mark Martin breaking late, trying to
8: close the gap on Wallace. Wallace has got about 15 car lengths on him now and accelerating down the hill to the S's.
2: The driving experts will tell you the quickest way through the S's is to finesse. But you know what? Neither Wallace nor Mark Martin practiced that method and now they're holding down the top two spots. So much for the experts. Wallace goes downhill towards the left hand sweep. He's got about eight car lengths on Mark Martin He looks for the checkered flag. Wallace will come through turn 10. He'll have to back off just
10: a little because of the accident up in the hairpin. Mark Martin has tightened up now to about a six-car length advantage, and he will try to sneak by Rusty Wallace as they head for the hairpin.
1: Labonte's car is still there in turn 11. Wallace will get by him with no trouble. Mark Martin closes in a hurry. They are coming to the caution and the white flag together. Wallace to the stripe. He will hold on. He will end up winning this race. Mark Martin will end up finishing second. Rudd crosses the stripe in the third position. Jeff Bodine fourth. Bobby Hill in fifth. Sixth the Sterling Marlin. Ernie Irvin in seventh eighth place goes to Irv Hare followed by Michael Waltrip and then the Rick Wilson cars so Rusty Wallace right now under caution is coming around on this final lap for what will be his second victory of the season let's go to Jim Phillips in the Wallace
5: pit well Barry Dodson is conferring with Rusty Wallace right now on the radio really last year should have won this race but uh, Harold Elliott this year you've you, you got it but it's not over yet. We
7: still got to get back there. It's a long ways. Anything can happen. Can so,
5: boy, I tell you, Rusty did a good job today. He did an excellent job. It was all, it was all driver today. That's Harold Elliott who builds the engines for Rusty Wallace the lead cars head up towards
1: Alan Bestwick in turn 7, but again, the cars have already taken the caution they've just got to come around for the checkers Alan, and it's been Rusty's show up on your end of the speedway today.
8: Sure has, he's made up an awful lot of time here, braking late I think of all the cars that locked up their brakes up in this end of the racetrack today, pushing hard through this corner Wallace did it more times than anyone else almost every lap through here, he was pushing so hard into the hairpin, he locked up the right front tire, but it's paid off he's going to get himself another win here At Sears Point, his first at this
4: track is second in three weeks. It's ironic that the two cars came into the same situation with just several laps to go between himself and Ricky Rudd up in that same corner. They made contact like they did last time, and Rusty had told us in the beginning of the broadcast today if that same situation came up, he was prepared to do what he needed to do, and indeed he did today. He's going to pull out the win.
1: And the streak of successes on the road courses continue for both that Rusty Wallace-Ricky Rudd combination. In the last seven races on the road course, Wallace has won five times. Rudd has won twice. Wallace winning the last two in a row now. Last year's Budweiser at the Glen in Watkins Glen, New York, and here today at Sears Point Raceway, Sonoma, California. Following the safety car, Elmo Langley is at the wheel of that Ford Thunderbird. Rusty Wallace will become the third different multiple race winner this year, along with Dale Earnhardt and Derek Cope, who turned the trick a weekend ago at Dover. Just about 100 yards shy of the start-finish line, the checkers are out, and Rusty Wallace in the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac has won the Banquet Foods 300 in Sonoma, California. Well, here at Sears Point Raceway in Sonoma, California, it's all over in the Banquet Foods 300. Rusty Wallace taking home his second win of this 1990 racing season. Mark Martin finishes in second spot. Third goes to the Ricky Rudd efforts with Jeff Bodine fourth and Bobby Hill in a super run for the youngster from Midland, Texas, finishing in fifth. Let's go down to Dick Brooks.
6: Barney, there's a pretty happy crew here drinking out of one of the biggest jugs of Miller uh, Genuine Draft I ever seen. Is uh, Rusty Wallace. Rusty, you had a off a close one last year, and this year was a little bit
7: better. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, it was an exciting race. It was a good, safe race for my part. Uh, really no altercations throughout the day. The guys did a great job. Super pit stops. And, uh, you know, I really let them down in qualifying. I felt bad about that. And I was hoping I could make it back today. And we... We made a lot of chassis adjustments, shock adjustments, and really worked hard, and it paid off for us today, Dick.
6: They said you were really giving everybody a thrill up in the corners and stuff, especially at the other end. You're smoking the tires and sliding the brakes and just having a good time. Well, I never have been the smoothest driver on the road course.
7: I just tried to get the job done, and uh, I got a good car underneath me. It's tough. It's like an Army tank. It stays going. Well,
6: it sure does. You guys, uh,
7: looks like you've about got the season put back together. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm real happy. The guys are just, it's super, you know. I just like to thank... You know, Miller, Daniel, Draft, Pontiac, Mobile One, AC spark Plugs, and Goodyear. You know, Goodyear bought us a new softer tire here, and, boy, it held up perfect all throughout the day.
6: Well, it sure did. There's a happy bunch of people here. I tell you, they're glad to get this thing going on the stream that it was finished off on last year.
4: Take a look at the rundown as we have it unofficially here from NASCAR. Timing is scoring right now. Rusty Wallace, the winner. Mark Martin will finish second. Ricky Rudd, third. Fourth to Jeff Bodine. Fifth to Bobby Hillen. Sixth will go to Sterling Marlin. Seventh. That is going to be Ernie Irvin finishing in eighth position. Irv Hare had a great run here today for this driver. Michael Waltrip posts a ninth place run. Rick Wilson will round out the top ten. Alan Kowicki shows 11th. Hut Strickland 12th. 13th position goes to Derek Cope. Dale Jarrett will finish 14th. Terry Fisher 15th. 16th Kyle Petty. 17th Stan Barrett. Kenny Schrader finished 18th. Harry Gant 19th. Bill Smith, the West Coast driver, finishes 20th. And it looks like Bill Elliott will round out the top 21. Jimmy Bound finishes 22nd. John Krebs, 23rd. 24th, Davey Allison, 25th, Mike Chase, 26th, Richard Petty, 27th. That's going to be Jimmy Spencer. Butch Gilliland will finish in 28th, 29th to Morgan Shepard. Troy Beebe rounds out the top 30.
1: In 31st spot today was Butch Miller. Dave Marcus finishes 32nd. 33rd, Darrell Waltrip. Dale Earnhardt, 34th. 35th will be Terry Labonte. In 36th spot, Bill Sedgwick. Finishing 37th was Chad Little. 38th spot today going to Tommy Kendall. 39th position belongs to Dick Trickle. And in 40th spot this afternoon, Jack Sellers. 41st was Brett Bodine. Finishing 42nd, Rob Marosso. In 43rd was Ted Kennedy. And finishing in 44th, the first driver to retire this afternoon, Herschel McGriff from Bridal Vale, Oregon. Our schedule this week, of course, includes NASCAR Live Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. We'll be opening up the phone lines toll-free to you. If you'd like to join us, feel free. Then Thursday with our television coverage from Pocono. And then radio coverage Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with the Bush Poll Show, our pit road preview. And then 12 noon next Sunday afternoon for the Miller 500 from... Pocono International Raceway. Our thanks today to Dick Brooks and Jim Phillips, who are in the pit area. Our turn coverage this afternoon from Joel Moore, Fred Armstrong, Alan Bestwick, Dan Hubbard, and David Hyatt. Behind the scenes, our scoring loop handled by Martha Oliver and Augusta Johnson. Our production assistant today was Susie Armstrong. For Party Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Our congratulations to Rusty Wallace, winner of today's Banquet Foods 300 here in Sonoma, California. So long, everybody.
9: Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with
5: the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.